Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, everyone, to the Islanders Never Say Die podcast. I'm your host, TJ, and with me again, as always, is the grumpy old man. They say there is no shame in his game because he is always the same. That's me. And we have the lady, the legend, Isles Girl 3, Kim. What's up? (laughs) I didn't get the memo. I didn't get the hats and sunglasses memo over here, grumpy. It's because you are not cool enough. Oh, good, great. Grump, you got to take that hat off, man. I don't have to do anything. I can maybe roll with the sunglasses for a bit. Oh, my goodness. Look at that, though. Grumpy, grumpy. Oh. I was not expecting the hat. (laughs) I wasn't either. I like the fisherman, Grump. No. Everyone knows I like the fisherman. I know it's not uh, in canon. It's not in vogue. I like it, but I do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Guys, Islanders are going to be resuming back play tomorrow. Um, had a little bit of a uh, uh, had postponed their two games against Metro Division's uh, opponents. We are going to be resuming play against the San Jose Sharks. Um, you know, gave us a chance to kind of digest what's going on a little bit of, uh, you know, what needs to also be done to make the playoffs. We were crunching some numbers as well. But Kim, I wanted to ask you, you've been to a few of the Islanders games at UBS Arena. I want to ask you what you thought about the effect, the feel of it as well. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, the new UBS Arena, I mean, it's it's gorgeous. I mean, walking, it's a lot better than you're not shoulder to shoulder with everyone. You do have some space to walk around. It's so much bigger. It's not like the Nassau Coliseum where you could do a tour of the whole arena and then get back to your seat before the next period started. It's it's so massive. It's beautiful. It's huge. It's a bar around every corner, man. You need a drink. <laughs> Easy. But just and inside, there's not a bad seat. I will say that I've I sat in two sections. I sat in the hundred section the first night and I sat in the three hundreds where my grandfather's season tickets are. And honestly, I either way, I enjoyed the game. Uh, I didn't have a bad seat either way uh, watching the game. You have a, even in the three hundreds, you still have that very close up feel. It felt very much like Nassau. And when they're when like in the last game before we had our covid break, um, 
the like when we got into the game, especially in that third period against the Penguins, the cheering, like you you really you really feel feel it. It's very it's very vibrant. It's very vivacious. It's loud, and it's exactly what you were hoping for. Okay, so I just I have a couple of points here. Let me fix this thing right here. Well, and Grump, I want you to bring that closer to you. Yeah, bring 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 your microphone closer to you there, Grumpy. Where's the glasses? How's that? Okay. That's better. That's better. Okay. Okay. So, oh, hold on. We got an alert. What could it be? Oh, good gracious. Josh Bailey will be playing tomorrow night. Okay. Um, <laughs> so you mentioned just two things. You mentioned that you were seat hopping. So you're like one of those people you see somebody uh, lose a seat, bam, you wouldn't jump in their seat to get a better Actually, view. Actually, no. Uh, I, well, it doesn't work for my All narrative. seats were paid for. Okay. <laughs> Let's see. That's what's happening. You snuck in the back door, you know, uh, through the food entrance, and then you Absolutely. see somebody gets up, you go sit at that seat. I understand. You're like a seat filler at the Academy Awards. I understand. That's cool. I only did that in Brooklyn. And then the, <laughs> you mentioned the bars around now. Uh, is it like Epcot at Walt Disney World? Like you can drink around the world? Is that kind of like it? You kind of. I've like never been to Disney stadium? World, so I couldn't tell you. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what Epcot's like. Okay. Well, they have. They have like uh, each country. They but serve. yeah, there's a bunch of different locations to get a, grab a drink or food. There's so many locations that you can choose from, and I, you know, like as soon as you walk in, Blue Line Deli is right in front of you, which is really cool. I saw Donald there; it was really great. And then right next to my section, actually, I'm uh, my season tickets are in 316. Uh, Offsite Tavern is actually in 3 317, like right next to where I sit. But yeah, like everywhere you turn, there's a place for you to grab drinks or even just like uh, soft drinks. And it's just regular food. It's a very there's so many like stalls open. It's what built. About, it's built well. Grumpy's what that sounds like to me. What about that? What's what's Shaq's food, TJ? What's it the, the chicken sandwich? It's called the Islander. Oh, okay. It's a chicken sandwich. It's called the Islander. It's on a blue and orange bagel with chicken sandwich, and I think it's blue cheese under the in, under the bun. Uh, I've heard it's very good. <laughs> Okay. I just got to keep everything plain. I heard it's it's a hefty meal. Um, oh, I totally have forgotten. Before we get too much into this podcast, number one, it's an Islanders podcast. We do it twice a week on Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and on Saturdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, unless the Islanders play a game. Then we go on after that game. Also, this Saturday, bad news, ladies and gentlemen, you can get your moans and groans out early. We will not be going live this Saturday. I know. Oh, so sad. I apologize. I will be the one forcing us not to go live. So you can go ahead and blame Dogger. me, and not the grumpy old man. Um, and again, uh, all, they're not blaming me. Whatever <laughs> something doesn't happen on this podcast because of you, 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 not me. That's true. That's true. I'll get. I'll take it. I'll take it. You can also find Kim, better known as Isles Girl Three, on the uh, the internet. Um, you can find her information in the link in the description below. Grump. Remember that link in the description, Grump. I don't see it. Okay. <laughs> You can find that in the link in the description below. You'll also be able to see the uh, merchandise store for those of you who want it. That's also in the link in the description below, as well as TJ and the Grumpy Old Man, the general sports podcast where we just talk sports and shoot the shit. That's Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and on Sundays, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But I was... 
I was listening to a lot of podcasts this week. I usually don't listen to a lot of Islanders podcasts. It's only certain ones I listen to. There, you know, I was listening. I listen. I listen to you, Kim and the Crease. We listen. I listen to a few podcasts, but I was I was venturing out of my podcasting realm just because I'm like, hey, no Islanders games on right now. Well, let's do some research. And I was listening to people try to position the current spot we're in. And again, they they use different points of view and different takes than us. And I've heard, you know, everything down the line of the teams we've been playing are extremely hot. We ran across a few hot goalies. We ran across across a few teams that are playing really, really good hockey. And that's also the reason why we've been struggling out of the gate. And I want to ask both of you if, you know, you think that maybe also is contributing to the Islanders' woes, right? We started the season 5-10-2. I just want to explore every avenue. So are we playing like the 76 Canadians and the 1982 New York Islanders and uh, the 1967 Toronto Maple Leafs and the 1990s Detroit Red Wings? Is that what they're saying? For the younger viewers, Grump, you're going to have to bring a few 2000 references in here. Championship teams. So are we playing championship teams every night? Well, I will pose the question. A lot of people will say throughout seasons you go through ups and downs. So is this just a down that we're in currently, Grump? For my opinion, no. I just think we've got our veterans, the core of our the core of our team has just not been playing well. It's just that I mean, it's not that these teams are uh oh they are better than us, but it's not like uh we're playing our system. We're not playing our system. That's the biggest issue. I don't know where TJ went, but that's probably a good thing. He's straightening the Islanders logo. He's straightening it. He's straightening it. <laughs> I had it crooked, and I didn't even notice. That's how bad I am with those type of things. But you think, again, we're not playing playoff playoff caliber hockey at the moment. Well, you saw, and I'm going to ask for Kim's opinion on this, too, the same question asked. You saw Barry Trotz came out and said, our playoffs are now. So I want to ask you, again, what you kind of think about that statement. Obviously, they're going to be in win-now mode. They've got to do a lot. We'll talk about the amount of points they'll need to amass throughout the remaining 65 games of the season but grump what does that mean for you when they're like hey we're in playoff mode now well i think we need like 131 points out of a possible 130 so i don't think that's going to happen this year <laughs> oh goodness kim i want i want to i want to hear your response i i know i talk to grumpy all the time about this i want to hear your response about what you think about the islanders current situation yeah, you know, like you, I'm going to split this between the four on the road before COVID struck and then the four after at home when, during we had these COVID problems. If you want to talk about the last four losses on the road, I mean, you're doing 13 straight on the road. And, you know, that's that's not the island. That's not the league's fault for scheduling that. We we had to wait for our arena to be ready. And it kind of just sucks about situation. And you're, you know, asking these guys to go back and forth, play once a week, can't get into any grinds together, can barely, you know, they're running to state to state to state to play these games, plus some back to backs. It was, I think it was really tough on them. And that's why we, everyone was like, let's get home, let's get all the boys together. And maybe, you know, as they're settled, you know, they're not running everywhere and maybe we can get into a little bit of a groove. Now, of course, this is when Josh Bailey, you know, gets COVID and suddenly it starts spreading throughout the team. I just feel like I, I'm I'm just I'm not too concerned as a fan about team yet, just because I just feel like we have been struck with so many unforeseen circumstances that are just non-controllable. You can't really I can't really judge this team when I haven't seen this team play together. 
you understand what I'm saying? Like you, and you know what? I can understand what he's saying about veteran, like the vets on the team, not stepping up a little bit yet with all the young guys, someone like Matt Barzell, uh, Anthony Beauvillier, JG Paggio, you know, I can get that argument there. If I wish they've done a little bit more, you know, stepping up a little bit more, having that confidence to drive the net, but also they've also had like no help in four on ones getting into the zone. But I understand what that, that where there, that comes from, but it's just, I really can't judge this team as a whole when I haven't seen the whole play together yet at when we do best at home, getting into a groove. We've had, we haven't had just straight games of the whole team playing together and, you know, driving into the season of, you know, getting a rhythm. Other teams have had that leisure. We have not. And so that's why I'm really excited to see these five guys come back, at least hopefully get a little bit of chemistry running. I know Barzell is going to be super happy to have Anders Lee back. They have chemistry. Barzell was putting so many pucks in front of the net where Anders Lee would have been. You know, things that we have set up, we've played, that I wish they would have adapted to. But now that it's coming back, Let's get that that groove in there again, hopefully. Yeah, what we're talking about. Oh, man, I, I zoomed in too far. I apologize. We've got returning members of the Islanders roster, right? We're going to have Josh Bailey back. We're going to have Andy Green back. Ross Johnson's going to be back if they need to use him. They'll have Anders Lee at their disposal, as well as Adam Pellick. They're going to be returning. So the only Islanders that have technically not cleared protocol are Casey Sezikis, Kiefer Bellos, and Zidane Chara. So let me ask you this, um, Kim. You said we haven't had a chance to see the full team put together yet at home when we're able to kind of hit groove and stride. Um, when are you expecting, um, you know, out of the next 10 games, what do you look like as a success? What does What is the success for the Islanders over the next 10 games? Because I think it's possible if we take that point of view, we'll have to kind of get back into the groove of things, right? You're going to have people still shaking off a little bit of the COVID, you know, sniffles if they're still kind of feeling maybe lasting effects. I don't know if everybody had asymptomatic effects. I have no idea. But if you're thinking, it, what what did the next 10 games have to look like for the Islanders to be a success? Okay, that's definitely fair here. So if we're talking about getting into a success, I'll say I'm a little concerned not having Sezikis there. I'd be having Sezikis on that list now, which could have been damn avoided. But, you know, um, he's an incredible he's incredible forward, incredible PKer. How many times he almost had a shorthanded goal? I mean, uh, that's going to be a huge loss for us. So I feel a little that's going to be a little bit shaky for us, but hopefully we can power through. But... Uh, having at least these four guys, I think four because I'm not counting Ross Johnston as a regular line uh, player. Um, a success for me, if you're talking about the 10 games, I would say a super success where I'm like, we're getting back into it. Here we go. This is what I've been waiting for. I'm going to be super excited if we get like eight out of 10. I'm not going to lie. And that's, that's, you know, it's asking a lot, but you have to ask a lot. You, you said before, Barry Trot said, this is our playoff time. Well, guess what? In playoffs, you have to win a majority of your games. That's what, if you're talking about 10, let's win a majority of these, these games. I want to see at least eight out of 10, if you want me to say a major success. If we get around five or six, I'd be like, you know, at least we split even, but let's, you know, pick this up here. Maybe Sezikis back is going to help, you know, things like that. You know what I mean? Where I'm, I'm hopeful having Sezikis back in this lineup because he is also motivationally good for this team and confidence wise good for this team, especially when you come to special teams. Um, but I, I'm not going to be too disappointed, but I want more. And then if you go below that, it's just going to be like, okay, well no, we're in the situation. How are we going to fix this? So then we, then we have to adjust to what is it we've been lacking now that we have more of our team cluster together. Now that we've seen more of 
you know, the team as itself at home where we usually like um, prosper. What is it that we're missing? What is the key elements and how do we fix them accordingly? Because I don't know if we're going to say that playoffs are 100% guaranteed. Okay, okay, okay. Now, I let Kim talk for quite a while, Yep. Uh, which is fine. But now, see, it's tough for me to remember everything she said. But I do remember she said that, you know, she was doing the separation of the uh, the road games at the beginning, at the end, blah, blah. Um, now, we were traveling from Florida to Tampa. That's like, you know, a bus ride. Back-to-back -back game, though. Yeah, well, that, that's just the way it goes. And we got destroyed in both games. And then we have we come back home, and it seems like we went on to a, uh, a half our team went on a COVID rager one night, and they all come back with COVID. And it's like, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. I'm just confused. And then, you know, Kim did a lot of talking about her boy, Casey Zizekas. Truth be told, Casey's her boy. So, you know, how many goals does he have this year? It's zero. Uh, how many assists does he have? It's zero. Um, I'm just saying. Oh, wait, are you making shit up? You do that sometimes. Yeah, I know I do, but I don't think he scored a goal. He might have an assist too. He hasn't know. scored a goal. I'll tell you that. But here's the thing on the ice. If you looked at these last four games at, at home, if you look at, if you were talking about looking at the players and consistency and seeing players who have stepped up to try to at least score a goal or attempt, you know, at the net, can you not say Casey Zizekas was one of them? I, it, we've looked so inept offensively. I couldn't, I could not pick an offensive star. Honestly, that's what I'm saying about him. That he, but like that's what I'm saying about him. He's so overlooked because he, he's on the fourth line. You got, you look at you know, guys like Matt Morton and Clutterbuck and stuff like that. But then you look over Casey Zizekas, who's doing his damnedest out there, and is why our PK is sometimes as good as it is because he's so overlooked. Uh, because he does what he's supposed to, that you overlook him because you're looking for what's wrong. So how happy were you when he re-signed for, you know, that next 15-year contract, uh, you know, so we keep him here until his mid-40s? Oh, know. I knew. I knew. I don't care. I knew you were like, I knew you were doing what you're doing now. <laughs> <laughs> I, knew, I knew, but yes, I'm, I was ecstatic. I'm happy for you because I, I remember, I, I think I even said on the show, that when he signed, I said, I know Kim, my buddy Kim, is extremely happy. Otherwise, she was going to have to find some new heartthrob on the team. But no, she was able to put that off for a while. So I'm happy for you. I, I want to get back to Kim said, all right, eight games and eight oh, out of the next 10 games. That's right. But, yeah. Well, okay, I wanted yeah. to show what the schedule looks like because this is a time period where we really have to go ahead and, and accumulate points because we'll talk more about, you know, what playoffs look like in the future, how many points we have to shoot for based off the position we're in. If we're looking at it, I apologize if this is too small. We are looking at, we've got the San Jose Sharks tomorrow, Shucks. the Sharks. We've got the Detroit Red Wings. Again, the Detroit Red Wings are another 500 club. We've got the Chicago Blackhawks. That's a bottom five team, bottom 10 team in the NHL. You've got the Ottawa Senators, another bottom-tier team in the NHL, bottom-10 team. You've got the Nashville Predators, who have played well, albeit. You've got the Predators. Then you've got the Devils, again, a Metro opponent who has been playing very well this season, right? You, you, can't, you can't put too much. I'm not going to talk too much shit about the Devils. They've played well. You've got the Red Wings again. And then I believe the Bruins, the Golden Knights, and then Montreal. 
So over that time span, Grump, you're playing, if you're looking at it, you're playing three or four very, very, uh, you know, bottom of the barrel teams that you should come away with wins with. I mean, Ottawa is looking like a must-win game. Chicago has got to be a game that you win. And it's the same thing against Montreal, right? You talk about Montreal firing Bergeman. These, these are a few teams that you have to win against for certain. Chicago is playing much better since uh, yeah. Jeremy Carlton was fired. Much better. Um, they have. Uh, Detroit, I don't it's know. up and it, down. Yeah, for me, here's the thing. If they want to make the playoffs, they have to win a minimum of seven of the 10 games because you have to start making up ground. It's not just points, it's teams. I mean, it's almost imperative you beat the Red Wings twice. Why? Because they're a team that's in contention for a wild card spot. Uh, Like I said, the Blackhawks are playing extremely well right now. The Sharks are playing well. Uh, Who else? Boston has been a bugaboo for us. You know who knows with the new goalie this year. Who else we have, TJ? You've got you've got you at Nashville. You've got Preds, Ottawa, the Preds who beat us already. Um, the Senators who are bad. They're the worst team in the league, and Montreal is second worst. I, oh no, actually, I think they have more points than us now, but they have played many more games. I, I mean, but but realistically, uh, and the Knights, the Golden Knights are playing better. So realistically, though. If you want to have really have a legit shot of making the playoffs, you got to win seven of three of the ten games. You have to, in my opinion. If you, if you go five and five against this week ten game schedule for the most part, you're in trouble because well, we have to play the really good teams. It's going to be a struggle for us. Here's the thing, too: when you're playing the Vegas Golden Knights, it's a one p.m. game or it's a two p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. Remember, they're from the West Coast. So, uh, you know, always when you look across the board, when these teams have to go from West Coast and play these early afternoon games on the East Coast, you look at all sports, whether it's baseball, hockey, basketball, um, football, all those teams from the West Coast struggle when they're playing those mid-afternoon, early afternoon games. That's a game where I pencil in the Islanders should go ahead and, and, you know, that's a game the Islanders should want as well. You mentioned there's a lot of teams in front of us. Right now, we've got 12 points on the season. Now I got to give Phil's facts. He's on next week. I got to give him some credit because he mentioned this to me, and I crunched some numbers, right, Grumpy? Oh, so boring. <laughs> he, I crunched some numbers. He brought he brought me onto it, and I said, "Okay, let me look into this." The Islanders have sixty five games remaining of this season. Let's assume we want about ninety eight points on the year. That's right around you know the number one or number two wild card spot consistently year in and year out over a full season. Really? That would mean. Out of the remaining 65 games, we would need a total of 86 points. That equates to is we're going to need about 43 wins and 22 losses if we don't have any overtime losses. We need about high 30s, um, like 38, 39, or even low 40s when you're talking about wins on the remaining of the season, remainder of the season, right? So we would have to go 43 wins and 22 losses, not looking at overtime losses. We have to really, I'm talking about going on a tear, and it's got to start sooner rather than later. Yeah, I just, I just want to touch on one thing. You mentioned Golden Knights, and you know, in football, I know uh, West Coast teams traveling for East Coast games, they struggle. The whole thing is with the Vegas Golden Knights, usually how the NHL does that schedule is they'll play Devils, Rangers, Islanders in some type of you know round robin. So their bodies should be, at that point in time, uh, acclimated to playing on the East Coast. That's the only difference I would bring up. 
But now what was your other point? It was probably nonsensical, but I didn't pay any attention because I wanted to make sure I got my Vegas Golden Knights traveling to the East point out. No, I'm just saying these, I think these are games that are somewhat winnable games for us. Yeah. We have got to make sure we take care of business. And, you know, you get a lot of times, and I heard on many other podcasts as well, well, I don't really care too much about what our record is until game 40 or game 41, about halfway through the season. Season's and, over, man. Season's over. If you're playing 350 hockey or 400 hockey percentage points, your season's over. You have to start worrying about that. You were You were one of those guys. I said to the first 10 games doesn't really matter. 17, you said first 15, games 15 games is what you said. What? No, I think I said 15, 20 first, games. You're real good at cutting down the games when your point gets proven wrong. I think I said it doesn't really matter what, you know, how many points you have are until probably game 82, maybe game 83 or 84, Grumpy, when the season's well, over. That's the only time that the schedule matters. Uh, the standings matter, right? You know what? You have that. Uh, you really like to do that, I notice. Kim notices. She listens to this show. She knows how disingenuous you're being. Oh, Grumpy, what do you mean, man? Well, I'm getting thrown under the bus here. No, I didn't throw you under the bus. But I do have a question, Kim. Whenever we see your little logo come up, like for uh, YouTube, how come your thing doesn't have any eyes? It's a little disconcerting to me. It's an art style. Oh, okay. I'm just saying you have pretty eyes. I'd like to see them, that's all. My, it's, my boyfriend said the same thing, too. Yeah. It's like, I, I look at it, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's like, where are her eyes? That's all I can think. Where are her eyes? It's just I no like style. It. Oh my god, you brought it up, bro. <laughs> I like it. it. I like. I like the way it looks, it's, Grumpy. I'm jealous. I wish uh, somebody from talking with the artist who made it. He's very talented, but um, he it's to focus on the lips. It's because like the lipstick is my thing, kind of thing. So he he did it to focus on the lipstick. Well, he could have done like Mick Jagger lips, you know, with the <laughs> colors. I mean, that would really make it pop. I think that looks scary. <laughs> I mean, you don't. Even, you have no eyebrows, no nose. It's like one of those movies. Like, you know, you watch a movie, like, and they're like, well, they if I do this, it's the, the same thing. So, I mean, <laughs> I just, I just wanted to, I had to ask you that question. So, no I worries. like it. No worries, Grump. I appreciate it. I like it. it. The artist is fantastic. And thank you. I, I thank him so much for doing it for me because I have no artistic bone in my body. You think he could do something for this? <laughs> I'll hook uh, you up. Thank Grumpy, you. it's going to take an awful lot of work there, Grump. I'll tell you. That's right, because you're part of the show, so it will take a lot of work. <laughs> they have to work overtime, double time. Um, so we're kind of in consensus. We've got to come away with, you know, if over the next 10 games, we're looking at about seven or eight wins is what we have to have. We're talking points-wise. We need at least 14 to 16 points, however you cut it. So even if we're winning, you know, or, we, you know, our losses are coming as overtime losses, we need about 14 to 16 points out of these next possible 20. Um, let me ask you this. And the what the one up just went real quick. The one thing is, with the exception of Detroit and Boston, the teams that you're playing are not in our conference or they're teams below us. So it's not like we're going to be able, unless other teams start going on losing streaks, it's not like we're going to be able to make up a whole lot of ground on them. See, that's it's I always tell people it's not just points, it's teams. Right well, Metro now, was are, nice last night. <laughs> Uh, yeah, last time was a good night for us. It really yeah. was. Um, I think it was the first night all year where I think I think one team won, but other than that, I think everybody I think did yeah. Washington won, didn't they? Um, not a hundred percent, but okay. I, I looked at the predator score. That's what I was curious about, and wow, I was not expecting that. Washington but, I mean, lost to, to Florida, but I think there's there's like yeah, six or there's like six six or seven teams ahead of us for that last 
playoff spot, six teams and the last playoff spot. And it's not just points. It's the amount of teams. You got you have to have a lot of things go right for you. And that's that's why I think we're going to struggle to make playoffs this year. I think it's the road. It's the road to 98. I think I, I'm not worried too much about teams in front of us, right? If we're historically around that 98 mark, I can safely say we're going to squeak in through a wild card position, unless there's you know a crazy a crazy dichotomy to where the top tier teams are significantly better and the bottom tier teams are at historic worst time period. I'm say about 98 is what we're looking at for that. Um, you know, it's. Let me ask you this, because fans are saying, "Hey, we've been struggling." We need to address the holes we have on defense. We've got to add a little bit of offensive pop to the party. You know, when would you ideally be looking to make any additions uh, to this team? I want to get I want to get Kim's opinion on this first, Grump, and I'll let you respond too. That's what I've been struggling with too. Honestly, it's just when do like when do you address problems on this team? When is it, when is the right time? Um, you know, obviously, you know every every like. Uh, a buzz around the league right now is Jake DeBrusque asking for a trade, things like that. Uh, you know, it's just, I feel like if a possibility arises, then why not see if we can take the opportunity? Like, like the situation with DeBrusque or something like that. Uh, let's see if we can reopen the Tarasenko chats. You know what I mean? Cause obviously something's not working right. I do want to see what happens on this next stretch, you know, against this, this, like this upcoming uh, weekend, you know, uh, tomorrow against the Sharks, Saturday against Detroit. I do want to see what happens. And if we need to take those opportunistic events, because I mean, if we're doing well and it's clicking, you know, maybe not, but again, if I do believe though, we maybe should continue the look for something offensively. And again, if, it, if the, opportunity arises go for it and maybe Lou should look into maybe that possible Tarasenko talk again okay um now as opposed to my boy Vladdy Tarasenko uh I feel like we have either a champagne bottle in my hand I'm smashing on the ship because that one sailed already that one sailed already we had our shot and we didn't have the guts to make that move he's not going anywhere now he's going nowhere uh, he's playing well. He's loving the teammates again. The time to strike was the offseason. Didn't happen. Uh, Jake DeBrusque, I, for me, he just brings more of the same that we have on this team. He's not really a great goal scorer. He's more of a bottom six guy. And maybe a change of scenery would do him some good. But for me, when we should make a move like that, I think we have to see at least wait another 10, 15 games to see how the team is performing. If we go on a 13 and two streak, okay, maybe we might want to invest. But if we go, you know, seven and six or six and seven, to me, I'm not burning any more assets. I'm just going to count this as a lost year and we move on. When you're also talking about Jake DeBrusque, I, I don't know what he would cost. I mean, that, that's been, not, that's not played, he has not played really well for Boston in quite a while. I, I know he hasn't played one last two years, but even if you're willing to take a flyer on him, I, I don't know what he would cost. I assume he's not going to be, you know, cheap because even though he's remember, he he's performed in the past. And even though he, you know, think about it. Remember when the, his best performance was 2018, 2019, where he, when he scored, was it like 40 some odd points and 60 some odd games? And he did that also his rookie season. But, you know, I wonder if it's going to be like a Sam Bennett. Remember, Sam Bennett did not play extremely well. 
And then once he got traded to Florida, right, you saw him really be able to take off. So I, I kind of wonder about that. And I'm, I think to myself, okay, is it going to be – remember what the price was on Sam Bennett, right, Grump? First-round pick. So and I'm just thinking to myself, you've got the pedigree. He's played well in the past when he's younger. I, I, I don't think he's played all that great the last few years. I think a, a change of scenery does him well. But I, I just wonder what the price would be on a guy like that for who hasn't really performed – uh, in the last two seasons, I'd offer a fifth rounder. I'm not going any higher than that for him. He has done nothing, nothing the last two years. He's been a healthy scratch for Boston, a la Zach Parise, another healthy scratch from years gone by. How's that working out for you? Uh, he's, just, he's just, he's not a goal scorer. He, and here's the thing he's not even playing his game, which is a rough and tumble style. He hasn't even been doing that. He's been a bust in Boston the last few years. That's why he wants out. He's not playing. Okay, and I'm just gonna, I'm just going to use this for reference. Sam Bennett before he was traded. Sam Remember, Bennett was, was a top five pick in the league. Okay, but uh, okay, Sam Bennett had never before when he had left. He had only his rookie season. He only had 36 points. He had never broken the 30 point plateau ever again in his career. So he, after having 36 points in his rookie season, so 2016-17, 2017-18, 2018-19, So for the next four seasons, he never broke more than 30 points. I, I, I'm sorry. I you know I know he had the pedigree, but I think you're looking at possibly a similar situation. They're not going to. I know he's been a healthy. They're not going to give DeBrusque away. I feel like for pennies, a fifth round pick. I think that they're going to want a lot. He's a guy who's still a restricted free agent. They don't want him. They don't want him. It, you're not. I. What would you offer for a guy like that? And here's the thing. Do you think perhaps Sam Bennett has benefited? Guy going to a team that has a lot of offensive talent on it. I mean, if Jake DeBrusque is coming here, who would he play with? You still have the same issue of having too many veterans on long-term deals on this team unless you're able to move someone off of your roster who's currently a starter. Where is he going to play? Guess who would be moved? His name rhymes with Anthony or his name rhymes with Tanthony Patel. Oh, I hate when you do that. Don't do that. I know you hate it. That's why I want to do it. I know you hate it. I know it pisses you off, Grump. That's why I like it. Why don't you just say Anthony Bavillier? So you would move Anthony Bavillier? No, no, no. I'm not saying I would. I'm just saying I could see that being a piece involved. Who else? Who who realistically would they take off our hands? People are throwing Josh Bailey out there. Uh, Nobody wants Josh Bailey. Nobody wants anybody on our team. That's, well, that's that's my thing. I'm not sure who would be involved in a trade. We're certainly I would. I mean, a fifth round pick. Come on, Grump. Boston's not biting on something like that. If 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 you call me up, Lou Lou Lamarillo calls me up on the phone, and says, "Hey, we're willing to offer you a fifth round pick for Jake DeBrusque." I would just hang up. I would just say, "Ah, don't bother, don't bother calling me." You're obviously hammered, drunk. Maybe it's like a 3 a.m. you know drunk call on a Saturday evening. I'd just be like, "Ah, talk to you later." Boop, just the hang up. Thing, the whole thing is Jake DeBrusque. Doesn't solve any of our problems. You want another bottom six winger? Don't we have enough of those already? So who would I, you focus on? I'm saying if you were a GM right now and you're like, we need a top six score, who would you focus on? I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm not even considering. I'm not even considering going after anyone right now. Certainly not Jake DeBrusque. I mean, why not? Why not? Uh, uh, Louis from down the block, or Mike the Greek Melanotis, or Johnny Matadots. It doesn't matter. None of them can play. Those are guys we don't need. <laughs> oh, good gracious. And I don't want a rental. I don't want a rental. I'm not trading for rentals anymore. 
but it seems like we're all in we're all in agreement though and to a certain extent we've got to wait we yeah. have to, no I, definitely honestly, wait i know if it sucks kind of saying here we've got to sit on our hands and just see how things play out but we've got to wait to see how things are because you don't want to get stuck between a rock and a hard place and commit you know let's say we have two games we're like looking okay this week and then we go ahead and overcommit and say great we're going to go ahead and address a defensive need we're going to address a forward need and we're going to give up massive amounts of capital and in reality you get you know a wake-up check around trade deadline time you're like oh god we weren't as good as we thought we were i think it's better to wait as well I mean, I, I would say probably wait till the beginning of next year. That's what I would do. So it's you're thinking weeks, around January. Four and a half weeks. Uh, you know, how many games is that? I don't know. Probably, what, 10, 12, whatever. That's what I would do. What about you, GM, Ken? Yeah, no, like that's where I said from the beginning. I want to see how this run does. I want to see how they play and I want to see how they do. And just like if you're talking about, like TJ said, the 10 games, I want to see how they do and see how they're playing. Because if this is a team, you know, worth fighting for, you know, the push for the playoffs, then maybe, maybe we try something. But it, or if it's clicking, maybe just leave it alone. It's just, it, it, again, it's as much as it's, you know, it sucks, it's a, it's a waiting game. It absolutely, it absolutely is, and I agree with that. 14 games until January 1st to kind of give you what that looks like. Look at that. I didn't even know how many games, but I said 15 before. See what I'm saying? <laughs> so there you go. It's, it's about – we're looking about 14, 15 more games to see, hey, can we do it? And I see this question, and I want to go ahead and pose this too. Noah W. says, do you think Sallow has done enough to remain with the team? And I'll let both you guys take a, a, a crack at answering this. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned uh, – that's a good comment um, from Noah. Here's what I would do if I'm Barry Trotz. He won't do it because he's not as smart as I am. But this is what he should do. He should keep the young guys up, and he should play them. And let the veterans sit and watch and rotate them in. And let's see how this, let's see how the vets play. They don't get five games or ten games. Do you come out? Do you prove yourself? If you don't, you sit again, and I'm going to play a young guy. Let's see if it lights a fire on some of those candy asses who've done nothing but collect paychecks this year. I want you're going to have to be more specific when you say start the young guys, bench the veterans. You got to give me some names. You got to give me some ideas. I want more specifics around that. I don't want that to be misconstrued, Grump. What are you saying when you mean by the young guys? Who are they? I would, like I said, I know Kiefer Bellows isn't back. I was happy with his performance. I was happy with Richard Ponick's performance. I'd say, like I said, I would play the veterans the first game, but I'd have a real short leash on them. And if they just fall into that malaise where we're always starters, we play all the time, it doesn't matter how poor we perform, we're going to roll out there every night, and Barry sits them, I think maybe that lights a fire under some of their butts. Which ones? I need to know which ones. Which Josh Bailey, Average Anders Lee, Croc Nelson. Oh, uh, on, the list on. goes on and on, honestly. I mean, who? Uh, seriously, from our forward group, who has played well this year? I think you take an okay premise and you stretch it and go, wow, look at me here. Like, I can understand that for certain, like with an Andy Green or Zidane Ochara went back healthy, right? And a short leash, Big Z. I think he's abominable. He's awful. I don't want to try to trash on him because he's a legend. But, I mean, like, there's certain guys I can understand that with. I wouldn't say, hey, everyone and anyone. But we have 31 goals on the season. 
32. The lowest scoring team in the league. I think it's, 32. It's, what? I think 32. We have 32 goals on the year. Uh, okay, 32. What's the difference? They have 32 goals this season, right? So, I mean, yeah, the defense could use some work where Salo could certainly help out. Why not? Zidane Char, you play. If you have a poor game or Andy Green has a poor game, Salo goes in. It's the same concept. But I think we need to carry through to the forwards because that's where we're really lacking is on offense. It's either coming back and helping back the defense, which we've done in the past, and we haven't this year, and producing on the offensive end. And no, they haven't. I mean, I'm like, I'm even going to throw my boy Matt Barzell under the bus here. I mean, he has not been anywhere near as productive as he had in the past. I think he's frustrated with the system. I really do. I, I want to hear Kim as well weigh in on that too. Has Salo done enough to remain with the team? If we're talking about Salo, I mean, I was pretty happy with his performance. I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, um, like, I wasn't, you know, like uh, amazed with his performance, but I wasn't mad at it either. It was kind of just like middle ground, like, yeah, it, it wasn't bad, um, which is, on, it's not a, it's not a bad thing. You know, I think, yeah, he could be, you know, like, I think like what, what Grumpy said, if like a defender's having a bad night, like, like uh, Andy Green or Zdeno Chara, like if they're having a bad night, why not just switch it up, get Salo in there, you know, get the young guys, see what, you know, is working chemistry wise. Um, Cause I just feel like, you know, like those guys maybe shouldn't be playing every single night. It's uh, things like that. It's, it's difficult to say, because, you know, it's, it is like vets and, you know, this newbie just trying to make his way in. Uh, it definitely would have helped because, you know, the big thing people were screaming about Salo was that he was putting up points in Bridgeport, which obviously didn't transfer over yet NHL-wise. I mean, the only goal that was scored was basically like Andrioff with a lucky, lucky goal. <laughs> that was the only thing. And I, but I agree with Grumpy where he said, like, honestly, what we should be focusing on is offense here. The, the biggest disappointment, I think, out of that whole thing, and it was so funny because most of our defense was out, but the most uh, the thing that I was upset most with, with was the offense, about guys stepping up and, you know, doing what they need to do there. Um, and here's the thing, and as you said, like, I was pretty happy with, like, uh, is, I, is it Ponic or is it Panic? Ponic. I said Panic. Is it Ponic? Panic. It's Ponic. I don't want to – I don't want to – screw up his name but uh with Ponick you know he did he was a very Matt Martin like he did the big hits but I had yet to see one of those like the young kids like Koivala or Andrioff or Ponick you just drive the net and go anywhere close to the net and the same thing with the vets they couldn't do the same thing as well it's like and also just communication wise there was no it felt like there was no communication wise it was so lacking on the ice they would pass it to the bench where a guy was getting off like it was just things like that that need to be addressed and the first night put the vets back in let's see what clicks what happens but i don't know i don't know if he's like and here's the thing is barry hates putting in young kids i mean look what he said with like oliver wallstrom and things like that you know he he's given it to wally meanwhile he comes in then he like scored all those goals it's just it's it's a tough situation right now to say who deserves to be on the line and who doesn't because we really haven't seen them put together as of yet. But I'll say this too about Robin Sallow. Robin Sallow has played um, massive minutes. Yeah, when we've had these injuries, so I think they're they want to they wanted to say, hey, 
Robin, we want to give you, I think, seriously, Grump, I know you, I, I know, hey, we've been critical of Barry not playing younger guys, but I think by him giving him this huge allotment of minutes, that's him saying, I want you to prove that you need to be on the ice. And he's, you know, he's made mistakes, but they're very coachable mistakes. I think so he's also, better than Sebastian Ajo. Definitely. I think Absolutely. Ajo played better than him the last couple of games. See, I was really upset with Sebastian Ajo these past few games. Very bad mistakes. The one that almost cost us a goal and a on a power play. I, I don't know why Sebastian Ajo was on the power play at all when he could not. He he would flub the puck so many times that gave them that shorthanded you know chance on net. I I would rather have seen honestly Salo on that power play, like put him on the special team. I think Salo is a better player than Sebastian Ajo. Well, we did see Salo in that situation the last game. When he was out there, instead of Noah Dobson, who I don't know, he must have kicked Barry's dog. Um, but uh, Salah was out there for that uh, end of the game sequence with the empty net. And he turned the puck over three times in the last minute and a half. And to me, I, I, the most – and I love – okay, I wasn't happy we were losing. But I absolutely love seeing the young guys play and see them grow over the three or four games that they played. I mean, Noah Dobson – showed me what he showed me in juniors. And I think that Barry had a problem with that and he cut his minutes again. What I don't want to see, I mean, and you look at what Barry does with the first line, Matt Barzell, you would think maybe just once you would throw out Bavillier and Wallstrom on a line with Barzell, but no, he winds up and he lumps them in there with Richard Ponick and Zach Parise. Yeah. I mean, what scared I, me though is he during the game, I forget which game it was, he did switch up the lines a bit where he put Beauvillier with Barzell and they did nothing. Absolutely nothing. I think it was an overlap of a shift. Because no, they was, actually like played together for like a shift. Okay. Okay. You see, but here's the thing one shift is not enough to generate chemistry. He rolls that Mr. Zero on the left and Mr. Zero on the right, and you're expecting the guy in the middle to produce. I just I hate his I hate Matt Barzell's body language right now. I think it's just terrible. He doesn't seem like the same player from earlier in the year or last year. He looks frustrated. That's right. And he I he looks I frustrated. Mean, and I agree with you there. And I I do agree I do agree with you there. He looks frustrated. Also, like non calls against him. My God, like how many times I've seen him turn to refs and go like, "Are you getting me right now?" He's, I, I he's, he's frustrated with the refs. Him. He's frustrated with his lack of line mates. He's used to. And like, like I said, he's been throwing them in front of the net, you know, wanting that Anders Lee presence right there. And he's not, you know, you mentioned Otto Koivla. I thought Otto Koivla, the last couple, the last game or two played extremely well for them. And he wasn't that front present, a net front presence. See, I saw him here and there, but out of like big plays, I don't know. I didn't see much of Otto. Well, he's, well, here's the thing. He's not getting a lot of ice time. So it kind of is what it is. But, I mean, here's what I don't want to see happen. I don't want to see, you know, we mentioned earlier about if a veteran's not playing well, put a young guy in. What I'm afraid of is that Barry is just going to do the same old, same old, and he'll bench a Noah Dobson or he'll bench a Oliver Wallstrom to put in a young guy, but not the guys who are the real issues, which are the veterans, who are supposed to be carrying your team right now, and they're not. I'll tell you now, he's not benching Dobson. Well, I don't. I, I, but I see I see what you're saying that like I get your point that he's gonna take out someone like Dobson over like a Zidane Chara. Right. That that type of stuff will always drive me nuts. Chara, don't get me started. He's I'm sorry. He's just 
can't do it. And I think he hurts the system. I'll, I'll say it one more time, right? When you got a defenseman who can't skate, which means you can't force the issue at the blue line and allow easy zone entry after easy zone entry after easy zone entry, allows the other team to get set up in their in their offensive zone. Uh, and when you have that, right? Because Big Z just can't skate anymore. If he goes ahead and tries to press the issue, he'll get walked around. It's a free two-on-one or a free open opportunity in on that. So he allows those easy zone entries, which allow us to get him up in our own zone which makes us play on our heels the entire game we're not able to go ahead and hit him with a quick you know counter punch so i'm sorry big z just can't he cannot fit i don't think he physically can perform the system that we want him to do um but we're going to be in a situation right z is still out in covid protocol so sallow i promise you will be playing he will not be the odd man out he will not be the one sat when zidane ochara is still out they want i i seriously think hey he's got the most minutes they they realistically want to see hey what does robin sallow have so robin sallow i think will be playing tomorrow night no doubt in my mind well, the one good thing is that Zidane Ochara is still working construction. He just stands there with the stop sign as people just drive around him. So, listen, like I know, like Zidane Ochara is everyone's cup of tea, and I understand. I as a like a Hall of Famer, like you said, like TJ, I hate to shit, you know. Oh, sorry, I hate okay. to like hate on him, you know, because I know, I know, give it to me. But um, I hate to hate on him because he's such a legend and I've been a fan of his for many, many years. But I, but I understand where people get frustrated and, you know, and I will, you know, say it as it is where there's so many plays where I'm like, Char, oh my God, like, please like get back or you should have had that. And even just his penalties, the dumb, you know, he's so big that he forgets his height and you know, hits him like, you know, high because he's, he's too big. Like there's things like that where I wish, you know, he would taken a, you know, a second. Uh, things I'll appreciate about Zidane Ochara is uh, protecting, protecting the goaltender. I would say protecting the goaltender. He does have his good, he's actually not a bad PKer. Um, I'll give that to him. And in the offensive zone, he's one of the few that actually would just, you know, take the shot at the net. If I'm going to give positives, a lot of people don't give him positive. I'm going to give him some positives. But yes, I understand exactly what you're saying about Chara in the back end that, you know, with this system, it's hard to see him try to adapt to it because it's it feels like it's not working. And I understand that. I've seen it in myself. It just it hurts, you know, again, because he's such a he's such a legend to me. I love Chara and it's not his fault. Barry Trotz is the one who puts him out in those circumstances, uh, those situations where he has the potential to look bad. I mean, it just is his – honestly, his minute should be limited. He should be an every-other-game player. He and Andy Green should rotate that spot. They shouldn't be getting – in Chara's uh, uh, spot, he shouldn't be getting top four minutes. I'm sorry. It's just – it's just. but that's Barry, right? He's going to play – He's going to back, though. <laughs> but, but, he, but even before then, he was playing – he was the second-pairing D-man, the left-handed D. He was playing 19 minutes a game. I mean, is that you think your team is going to better that way? I don't know. It just, but that's Barry, right? Play the vets at all costs. Play the veterans. And let me ask you this: Michael B said, "Is this a team that just rallied around Tavares' departure and overachieve, and now simply cannot keep up the same intensity level due to natural physical regression from age?" Okay, no. I don't think they rallied around Tavares' departure. I think Barry Trotz came in here and he gave the team defensive structure and everybody bought in. Um, I do feel that, and I've said it before, that style that we play, that grinded style is really, really difficult as guys get into their thirties. 
and particularly over an 82-game season. We got lucky with COVID, playing however many games we did that first season, and then last year, 56. I think that benefited us. But now it's 82, and we have, what, uh, 11 three-and-fours, 19 back-to-backs. It should be ter- – it's terrible. Let's see. Grump should run it solo on Saturday since he carries the show anyway. He doesn't even need to put LOL. That's like facts. That's what he's calling him. Facts. Oh, man. Honestly, I could not – seriously, I could not do what my unpaid intern TJ does, which is, uh, you know, he does everything behind the scenes. Everything. Well, and, and this is this is another thing I've been thinking about, right? We, we're, we've played the least amount of games so far in the NHL. We're an older team. I think we have to adopt some sort of integration with a rotation in. Everybody had spoke about this before the season started. That would be ideal. When are we going to start seeing it? We're going to have a lot of games jam-packed into a very, very tight and condensed schedule for the remainder of of the season we've got again the least amount of games played we're going to have a lot of games a lot of back-to-backs a lot of three games in four days and i wonder what type of impact that's going to have on a team that you know currently is struggling and is a little older i mean we're the oldest team in the nhl i mean grumpy right. fits right in there <laughs> oh i like it i like it oh look at that taking cheap shots <laughs> they model fine. they model their game after the grumpy old man yeah, they, old being important knows i'm not gonna pick on i her. feel bad now no, you should, you should. I, believe me, I have a very very thick skin actually as you get older your thin your skin does get thinner i'm telling you that from personal experience but i, I, know. I can take it i'm tough i'm mentally tough <laughs> so but but um i mean a, a, Seriously, right? We talk about how many games we have to come out with in the next 10 games. Let me ask you this. We've been a team, and I, and I was doing research, and I'll pull it up again. We've been a team down the stretch the last two years that struggled. I'll pull up the last three years as we're talking about this. But I wonder if the condensed schedule makes this even more of a difficult, you know, mountain to climb because, you know, you talk about it, right? We want 98 points is the magic number, I think, that we want. And again, thanks to Phil's facts for that. We're looking at about over the next 65 games, we need to come away with about 43 wins to have the 86 additional points and 22 regulation losses. Obviously, if you're losing some games in overtime, your wins don't have to be as high. I promise you we're going to lose games in overtime. But we're looking at about 40-some-odd wins. I mean, does the older team in a condensed schedule make that even more of a difficult hill for me it does i mean but here's the biggest the biggest concern we still have to play a lot of teams that we just don't match up with rangers hurricanes tampa bay florida teams that can skate columbia uh, colorado i mean these are teams that edmonton i mean you think we're beating edmonton this year i mean I, i'm sorry toronto Toronto. Think about that Toronto game. Kim, how bad was it to watch that Toronto game? You saw it. How bad? I'm not that upset with it. Okay. Because our team wasn't there. So if you're upset, if you're super upset with those games, I wouldn't be. Honestly, I'm not. I'm not going to say I'm upset with those games. You know, again, that wasn't our team. I have a bucket of dirt and I want to see you. I want you to stick your head into it because that's what you're doing right now. You're playing the ostrich on me. You're putting your head in the sand and. See. But you just said before that you want to see this team play out because you don't know how to judge them yet. No, that's what you said. I already, I've already made my judgment on them. <laughs> They're not good enough. That's what you want to do at home. 
That's okay. We, I think that we, want to wait. we want to see how they do. I want to see the I want to see them play the Toronto Maple Leafs. I want to see them play the Rangers when they're the the New York Islanders, when we have our captain, when we have all this the lines. We had like one full line out of the four forward lines. And I, I we didn't have any D lines that were still standing, I don't think. Like yeah. it's just things like that. I want to see them when they're, you know, when they're ready to go. And then then I will judge them against teams like the Rangers and the Toronto Maple Leafs. And well, soon like we haven't played the Edmonton yet and like the Edmonton Oilers. That's when I'm I'm going to judge them. And I you know it's it's a matter of opinion. It's like how you're gonna go about and you know what like I know some people were like no like this is we're not gonna stack up against them and with the Hurricanes I do I mean I'm gonna just agree with that I think the Hurricanes this year have I knew it before the season started I said they're gonna they're gonna take off and they have but I my I'm sorry just one more thing no, 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 I'm just I was hiding because my take on the hurricanes at the beginning of the season looks so freaking bad so every time that anybody mentions about the hurricanes doing well I just go I had them first in the Metro and people were looking at me. You're not the, but, only, one, Tim. You're not the only one in this podcast who didn't have them first in the, uh, in the Metro. I what did was have your them. last point? What was yeah. your last point? I'm sorry. But my last point is just with anything. And I say this for any, any game, any team can win on any given day, no matter what team you're facing. And that's what I loved about like the, like the proof people wrong aspect is that, you know, underestimate us right now, underestimate the hell out of us right now. I want those teams to go into this going, this is going to be easy. I want teams to do that because that's when we shine. I just think that we don't match up stylistically. I just use Toronto and the Rangers and Florida and Carolina because they all play the same game. And it was a concern of mine last year. It was a concern of mine in preseason, and it's still a concern of mine. Teams that have uh, good, great team speed and are real aggressive on the forecheck, they're like kryptonite to us. It really yeah, I, I thought we did really well against Toronto and the Rangers last season. Yeah, but not this year. But well, I mean, we didn't have a team. But here, but here, <laughs> what, what's the difference between last year and this year, then, Grump? That we're makes a year sense. older. We're a year older, and got most guys are in their thirties right now. You don't. Kim, one year is not going to make that huge difference. That's the problem. Oh. You should not go from a ten to a zero in one year, Grum. I, I like your birthday. Do you? Did you like? You know, like it, it's not. It, that's not you. Like your skin doesn't sag after one year as being a human. You understand what I'm saying? It's just like that should not happen. But we like, struggle. You say, oh, we got a year older. No, that's not an excuse. But these guys should. are used to that physical prowess. They're used to that that fight. You know, these is you, you except for a change of two players, two players. This team should know what to expect, but we haven't had a full team on that ice to prove it. My whole thing is we've struggled against speed the last couple of years. It's been a running point for me. And like I said, we played Caroline in the playoffs two years ago and got swept by them. Why? They can skate and they can forecheck. The Rangers last year. We okay. Uh, Rangers last year, if the Rangers didn't have any defense, our defense was buttoned up. We're not playing the same. And I do think it's because we're older and it's, I think just the grind. I mean, that's, that's, that's what I feel. It, it's just the grind. And talking like, said, about like the grind of it. Yes. I can see that coming into play. And that would just be like, I feel like with our schedule, I feel like this would be hard for any team get put any team out there 
it's going to be hard. I mean, as an athlete myself, I mean, coming after a game, you know, you're sore, you, you want to let your muscles rest. And it feel like with this, like so many, you know, all these upcoming games back to back, it's going to be really tough physically on our players. And in your, and you're talking about the, the grind style, which Barry Trotz likes. Yeah. This is going to be a horrible seat just schedule wise with the new arena. It kind of, screwed us up with you know how we like to plan out our seasons so if any it's just like these circumstances that sometimes you just can't control that just don't help us there um and and i've got i've got it too i pulled up the the last 10 games of each of the last three seasons under barry trots and again this is something that we talk about hey towards the end of the year the team struggles they can't win games i want to bring this up grump because i'm you know i'm kind of wavering on this thought that we've had I pulled it up, and after pulling the numbers, right, from 2018-19, the last 10 games of the year, we were 6-4-0. 2019-2020, we were 2-4-4. And, and then 2020-2021, we were 3-4-3 three, three over the last 10 games. So we're kind of about a 500 club, right? Some years, one year we had more wins than losses. Other years we had more losses than wins. But it's around 500. We're not a team that's saying, as of yet, we haven't shown the propensity towards the end of the year to get magma hot before the playoffs start. Again, the playoffs are a whole different animal, whole different beast. But I won't expect going into the playoffs for us to go on an eight and two run or a nine and one run over that time span. You know, expect five hundred hockey towards the end of the season is what I expect. If that, remember, two of those were shortened seasons. And here's the thing: two years ago, the guys were two years younger. Well, the two, short, the, take- two the two shortened seasons, uh, funny enough, were the seasons where the last ten games of the year we struggled more than three years ago. But yeah, I understand the team's older. That, I think that is older. It's, I, I'm just, I'm just telling you. And you know, you say, Kim, you say that a year doesn't make a difference. It does. The you know, I, I say it all the time. Players don't age like wine; they age like vinegar. And you looked it up, and you know that's true, Kim. You remember. Uh, you, cha- you challenged me on that point, as I remember. You had to look up, and you had to agree. You know, you remember. You remember. It's right. I never. So I never heard that yeah, that's what happened. Yeah. Yes, I did. Yeah. I I don't remember disagreeing with you there. Well, you did initially. You first of all, you said that uh, it doesn't matter. So, uh, I'm not going through that. Uh, but the whole thing is, I just think that our guys, the older you get, the harder it is. To play that style of game, that physical game, and it's not like you're use, you're losing two steps. Maybe you lose a half a step, and that's the difference between getting back and covering that man coming into the offensive zone. It's, it doesn't have to be, uh, you know, everything fall off a cliff. But if everybody who's in their thirties loses half a step, that's a whole lot of steps. And I think we're seeing this year our guys are not coming back on defense. This is not like these are new defensive concepts for them. They've been in the system now for what? This will be the fourth year. So it's like, are they just not performing because they're getting older and aren't as good anymore? Have they tuned Barry out? I'm just not quite sure. I I don't think necessarily it's so much as this, right? We seem to have been I, – I hate to be that guy. There's always a fine line. You have to take everything with a grain of salt. I'm going to be that guy, Grump. I'm going to be – Yeah, let's get the fence. Let's get, Hold on. You know what? We need to get a fence on this podcast to roll it across – Here's the fence. Roll it across the bottom whenever TJ talks because he's gonna ride that fence. Oh man, oh man, Go ahead, I, fence boy. Time, time to ride the fence, ladies and gents. So for oh, you, you fence riders, 
for those for those white picket fence riders out there, time this is your time. This is your time to listen. Here it is, Grump. We did have a road stretch, hard to gain momentum. I'm not putting all blame on that because I, I think it's real convenient just to think, hey, the fact that we were on the road for so much and COVID is the reason we've struggled. I, I would be I, I think it also has to do with age. I think it has to do with the fact that before everything had started with COVID, we were running Andy Green and Zidane Chara on the on the ice every single night, sometimes on the ice at the same time. That's a recipe for disaster. I think Sorokin has looked good. He can only do so much. I feel like he's been left high to dry on quite a few situations. And Varlamov, since coming back from injury, hasn't looked as the Varlamov had last year. Right? I disagree. He's been, he's, he's been exactly what he's been. He lets in a weak goal a game, and he's, he's solid. He's a solid goalie. When the team concept is working, Varlamov is sufficient. He's not as good as Sorokin, never will be. But if we were a little bit better, uh, I, you know, in what we're supposed to be doing, and I'm going to blame the forwards more than the D, honestly. Yes, Char is like a traffic cone out there. Yes. Uh, you know, the breaking up Hulak and Pellick has been disastrous. Uh, you know, it is what it is, but if the look at look at how much space in the neutral zone, the defense is afraid to come up and the wingers aren't coming back. So you're having that huge space and guys are able to just attack the zone without. I mean, we're backing up. We're almost 10 foot back in the zone when they're crossing the blue line. That's a recipe for disaster. And I'm going to blame, like I said, again, the forwards for not getting back. We always had that team concept of let pre few few previous years and we're just not seeing it this year and it's not just the young guys it's the veterans i'm sorry i want to ask uh, brett w says can we ask him how she thinks char and parise look i know we have mentioned them multiple times but i want to hear i think you kind of mentioned about zidane char but i want to hear yeah. what your thoughts are on zach parise so far this season as well yeah i've talked about chara but with zach parise um he's had up and downs for me i think uh the time for him to step up more would have been during you know the you know when he was on the line with Matthew Barzell I wanted to see more from Zach Parise I really thought that was going to be the moment he nets in a goal and probably gets the monkey off the back and gets going but it's just you know it hasn't been the cards he I mean my my thing with Zach Parise is you see him putting in the work you know he puts in the work he you know he skates for every puck he he, he tries his best it's just it just feels like sometimes that it's just not enough it's it's not enough to you know help out this team or you know maybe he's just in the the wrong I think yeah he he is on the wrong line he needs someone to su like support him better I don't think you know him with Matt Barzell was the greatest decision uh seeing them play together but I I, I mean I'm not gonna say I'm super you know, unhappy with Zach Parise I'm glad you know uh with his work ethic I'm glad of how he drives for every puck and I don't know. I'm not super disappointed, but yeah, I mean, he's been super close to goals. It just feels like sometimes like it, he's got that monkey on the back, but I feel like he will eventually get one. Well, uh, to me, it's like he has like a truckload of monkeys on his back or a car load or a boatload. I don't know how monkeys live, but if like a whole bunch of them live together on Zach Parise's back, that's what he's got. I mean, he's to me, zero goals. It's just I mean, snake bitten. It just feels so snake bitten. So you don't think it has anything to do that perhaps at 37 years old, he's just not the player he used to be. Maybe he's more like the guy who was a healthy scratch the last 10, 10 games of the year at Minnesota, as opposed to the Zach Parise from, let's say, 15 years ago. Maybe perhaps that's it. 15 years, come on. 
But I get your point. He's doing a lot of things well. I, I see Kim's side. He is doing a lot of things well, just unable to score. I was in the I was in the thought process. I think I said once before, maybe fifteen to twenty. Maybe I said ten to fifteen. Who the heck knows? We'll have to run back and get the information. You on said the fifteen to twenty. I actually think I said 187 goals is what I predicted for Zach Parise. But again, no point of quibbling on it. Maybe I said 200 goals, but Grump, you know, kind of up and down. I What did I had, say? What did I say? 7 to 10, right? I overshot. I overshot. I th- Grump, I think you actually had him at a, a robust 100 goals this season is what you thought the projections were. That's um, why we don't let you do the thinking on this show. <laughs> but, um, I mean, he hasn't, he hasn't scored. He hasn't. Offensively, he's just missing a little bit of the touch, and I, I don't think by continuing to have him on the first line, it helps drive offense. I, I'm I, sorry, I, I, do, I just don't think he's a good solution there. I really want to see Palmieri, Lee, and Matt Bars all together. Please, for the love of God, give us that opportunity, give us that chance to see it. Can, How about Palmieri? Can I, I just think say he's one thing? Well, with Matt Bars, I'll go ahead, Grump. Okay, he he was okay. It was nothing sensational. Here, he's got one goal on the year, and it was not playing with Matt Barzell. I, I just if I have to listen to Butch or Shannon or AJ or Brendan or you know Joe down the street or Kim, I'm going to throw you on the bus now, Kim. Saying that they're snake bit or uh, you know what, we're 17 games into the season. I mean, it's almost like. Maybe you've lost a limb due to that snake bite, and you just can't do it anymore. I don't know. But at, at some point in time, it's like, well, maybe that's just what they are at this point. Um, and then Donald W. says here, Hey, Owls Girl 3, uh, saw the video uh, that you posted there on YouTube channel uh, doing it on the first game at UBS Arena. How was the experience the first game? I wanted to ask you about that because I did see the post, and I wanted to ask you know your opinion of first day festivities and how fantastic and what it felt like. I mean, yeah, like uh, the first day of UBS was magnificent. I mean, walking up, the feeling of walking up to UBS are gonna so different than Nassau Coliseum. Like you, you feel the music already kicking when you're outside the arena, waiting to go inside. The opening day, they had a string quartet in the main uh, area where you like check in with your tickets. Um, also, tickets are different. Um, you know how the like they had the people who usually they come up with the scanner. Now they have these uh, machines that are just like self, you come up and you put your phone to the scanner and it checks you in just like, just like, just like that. So you just walk right in. So there's a person standing next to it and they count one, like how many tickets you have. So like one, two, okay, you two go. Like you just put your phone up to the scanner. It's it's a different experience, uh, much faster. I don't know if Grumpy could get into the arena then because I don't think he, you, Grumpy, do you know how to pull up tickets on your phone? Or are you one of those paper tickets types of guys? I'm a paper, paper tickets guy. That's what I am, and I keep the tickets. I mean, you keep the and tickets. And I and though. I understand that that for sure. I mean, with my grandfather, you know, because he was like, I don't know how to pull up the tickets for the games. Like, you know, I was there to help him. Uh, for people going to games who haven't gone yet or something, like obviously Ticketmaster is going to be the way to go with doing mobile mobile tickets. Uh, for season ticket holders, I found out um, the UBS app. There's an app for UBS Arena. And as a season ticket, I log into my Ticketmaster on that app, and I have all the games all the way to the end of the season. And it, I just pull up the app, and boom, I have my tickets. Now, I just want to touch on two quick things. You know, Donald didn't say if he enjoyed Kim's video. I'm just going to assume that he did. But he didn't say he so. enjoyed it. He did not. Uh, so I'm going to go out on a limb and say that he did. 
I I've had good to... feedback about it, which makes me happy because I, I just want to share because, I, like, again, I've never experienced Disney, but I, I walked up feeling like, I guess this is what Disney feels like because this is this is amazing right now. Walking through the doors, you hear the, the music already blasting and it's such a grand entrance that the staircase that you see in front of you, the two murals left and right, and there's a few, there's a full LED screen of that you see like welcome home welcome to ubs and pictures of fans and it's so in, it's just a really interesting and like unique feeling walking in like it's truly like you know people say that you know they call it the stable being next to belmont mm -hmm. it, it really is such a unique and beautiful experience when you walk through the doors it's fantastic it's uh the team store is immaculate it's Got, I mean, I got this from the team store. I was going to ask you where you where you got that because it looked really nice. The team store is absolutely, they actually sold out of these. Like you go back and you can't get this anymore. It's only the t-shirts now. Ooh, like there's so much cool. available at the team store that you, you, you wouldn't see usually at Northwell. Um, it's so it's like, that's a new experience within itself. They have a mural of pucks on the wall that are, like they have the New York Islanders logo on the front and they, and they, they have the NY in puck, like a puck mural when you're like, checking. the line, uh, is hockey sticks used. Like, so you walk through the hockey sticks to get to the register. It's a brand that, like, of course they had the inaugural pucks. They're still for sale there. That looks good. Yeah. It, it's just, they, they have patches. They have so many things available at the team store. It's so, it's so amazing it's they really did a top of the line job and the first day at UBS was you know you wanted to see how does it feel when they score a goal how does it feel when you chant how did you know all those things that you know we loved at NASA and I think Ledecky really came through of creating a building that replicates it I don't I don't think we know how they how they act when they score a goal yet at home uh Number, now I had another. You said your own fault. You set me up on that. That was silly. Nelson fire. scored twice on opening night, so yes, we did. Yeah, typical <laughs> Brock Nelson scoring when it doesn't matter. Yeah, I understand. Okay, uh, but here's the thing. You mentioned how they had the symphony or the the string quartet playing, and they had the the, the staircases. You know, the last time I saw that was in the movie Titanic, where you saw. <laughs> You know the, the, you know what I'm talking about, right? You had the two, the, the two staircase going up, and they were playing it as the ship was going down. Ah! I mean, I'm not saying that's the island. Not the season. end of the movie where she's dreaming. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying that that's what this season is is right now. But I mean, the way that you made it sound, it just brought me to Titanic, and we know how that ended. And then we talked about, you know, the SS Tarasenko. Everything's kind of tying in. I appreciate it, Kim. Thank you so much. Oh dear God. <laughs> Oh man, Grumpy! Is this what it looked like, Grumpy? Is this what you're imagining? It's like going into UBS Arena, something like this. You no, got no, the end that. of the movie. The That's it, the right there. And they are. Him and like heaven, I know what he's talking about. Yeah. But... At the end of the movie, long, when they're all dead, and you see the the, the staircase on both sides. I'll get, I'll get you the photo. <laughs> okay, I'll to, I'll try to pull that up, Grumpy. Um, and now Brian J. Ooh. I'm not like any image, Brian. Brian J said, Hey, TJ. Hey, Grumpy. Um, I was watching a podcast. I'm not going to name anybody, but they said that there's no problem with Zidane Chara and Green on the ice at the same time. Morons. I don't know who he's talking about, but they're obviously morons. Uh, Brian J said, uh, I almost fell out of my seat when I heard that. I just, it's, That's it's, why it's, people it's an issue. It's an issue. It's like two guys who can't skate. Uh, Andy Green 
in in the role that he played. I thought he played well in the playoffs. In the role he played, when you don't ask him to do a lot and you say, hey, Andy, I want you to eat minutes, that is Andy Green's bread and butter right now. That's what he does extremely well. I'm not expecting the offense production. I'm not expecting a guy to be really ultra-physical around it. I just want you to eat minutes. And He does that really well, and he and he can play the unsung hero role, I think. There it is. That's it right there. Okay. I, I wish it had like the beginning where she like walks out, but yeah, that's he's talking about this moment. There's like a string quartet playing and shit. That's the <laughs> end. That is the end. Um, you know, it, but but seriously, that's why people listen to this podcast. Why? Because we're not going to blow make smoke. stupid references. <laughs> we're not, well, that's too. But we're not going <laughs> to blow smoke up your butt. So you get a little bit of everything when you listen to this show. <laughs> so you know, but we're not going to blow smoke up your butt, or uh, you know, or we're not going to have somebody pee on you and hell it's raining. I mean, we're going to call it for what it is. Oh, yo, look at this guy's a super fan of you. As I say, Jared Vanny's got his little picture of Grumpy. Yeah, I have a lot of fans, Kim, and none of them are greater than Isles Misery Rated R. Isles Misery, where do you, where's Isles Misery Rated R, Grump? What is that? They're a Facebook group. Grumpy, what is this? I see a yellow flag thrown on Grumpy for, for flirting. Grump, were you flirting with Kim or me earlier? Flirt. I'm a shameless flirt. I admit it. <laughs> I love him. She knows it. <laughs> I saw Tony Sheets. He was throwing the yellow flag. Usually I get thrown the flag on for bullying Grumpy. So when I saw a yellow flag coming Grumpy's way, I'll make sure I bring that up. No worries. Do you, you ever notice when Kim is on the show, I'm much less bombastic? You're very nice, Grumpy. You're very <laughs> nice when Kim's on the I show. I hate you, but I like her. <laughs> I'll uh, just put it out. If you go with me, I'm gonna come right back at you. <laughs> don't, don't throw the gauntlet of challenge down on me on front of me now. <laughs> well, hey, we're gonna take a quick break. We do have an ad to read up from DraftKings football fans. I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game, but with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point is scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score uh, can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on all the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code THPN and bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the nfl you must be 21 years or older in new jersey indiana or pennsylvania only new customers only a minimum of a five dollar deposit and a one dollar wager is required one per customer restricts apply see draftkings.com sportsbook for full details if you have a gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER good job dj congratulations Ooh, you saw it was different the ad was a little different grump well i don't know if you got it right i only paid attention like to the last 10 seconds um, other than that, I just tuned you out. Oh man, oh man, oh man. I'll tell you, Grump. Um and Kim. Now this is uh let me ask you this. I also heard, or because I was listening, right? My job was to do some homework. I wanted to go ahead and listen to to other ideology, and I want to go ahead and bring it forward to think, hey, what is going to take this team to the next level? What are people what are ideas being thrown out there? Are they right? 
are there maybe some holes in the logic? Um, now I was listening to a podcast. They said that, you know, the team has struggled, right? You know, and they also brought up Leo Komarov. And again, I'll, I'll put it to you. I'll paint it the way it was, it was discussed, right? They said, you know, you may have not liked Leo Komarov on the first line, but Leo Komarov, right? When he was in the lineup, things just seemed to click. Now, I wanted to ask if you had any thought about that. Do you think, you know, maybe that's correct? Maybe we are missing Leo Komarov, you know, even though he did provide us some cap relief. Maybe Leo Komarov being out of the lineup, even playing as a bottom six guy, maybe his chemistry, maybe his jovial attitude brought, you know, extra oomph to the Islanders out there on the ice. Do we think Leo Komarov not being a part of the Islanders is hurting the team? Is that a serious question? That's a serious question, yes, Grumpy. I, hey, I want I want to discuss every avenue, right? We're we're out here looking for solutions, looking for answers, and we no, we're going to leave no stone unturned, Grump. I have answers. Bailey, pull. <laughs> Anders Lee, pull. <laughs> Casey Zizekas, pull. <laughs> That's how you help the team out. You start blowing those old geezers out of the water and put in new players. That's what we yeah. have to do. So I you don't think Casey, Casey took a double tap because he's Kim's favorite. No. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Do you think that Leo Komarov not being a part of the team, even a no. bottom six role, do you think he no. would have benefited the Islanders? No, no, no. Maybe during COVID, maybe, maybe with all the COVID guys out, what would he have done? He would have played on some nondescript third line and we would have sat one of the young guys. Maybe Androv wouldn't have played. Uh, that's all it would have done. That's all it would have done. Well, I'll let Kim respond to that one too. And Jer Ben, you're right. Grumpy seems so much more docile when there's when when Kim's on the sh- on the podcast. It's true. I know, I know, I am. When I know when I know Kim's going to come on, I know I'm not going to be myself. I'm going to be nice and because, like I said, I like her and I don't want to alienate her. I like her. I know her personally, kind of. And uh, so, I'm by the way, I wanted to say because I just noticed, is that an Eagle shirt? It sure is. Hotel California. <laughs> I just noticed that. I was like, okay. Yep. <laughs> TJ couldn't have told you what it was. I would not have been able to tell you what it was, but I want to hear. I, I do not. Li- Here's the thing. I don't listen to music in a car ride. I'm a guy who drives in silence. Nobody and, cares what you do in the car. And I, <laughs> and I don't watch movies. So Didn't the cops tell you not to hang out in those parks anymore. I'll tell you, you're missing out. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kim, I, I want to hear though, is Leo Komaroff not being a part of the Islanders roster Islanders organization as a bottom six role, even is that negatively impacting the Islanders? Okay. So I'm going to give you my positive son, Komarov, my negative son, Komarov, and then I'm going to culminate it as to answering the question. Is he, ne- is his loss from the team a negative impact? My positives on Komarov were, uh, if anything, I could you know say about him is that uh, special teams wise on the PK he was uh, a great asset. I think he did well there. And then as like you know you talk about you know we put it low because all you care about, especially with Grumpy over here, is points, 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 goals, goals, goals. Definitely not that guy. But out of everyone interviewed who had left the Islanders, like Grice, Leonard, led like people that you talk to after they've left the team, is they said that they're favorite person was a Leo Komarov that you know he's the someone who kept morale on the team so and so I understand that point if you go to the negatives yes I you know I mean I called him stone hands Komarov for a reason didn't belong in the first line for me it was just something that you know it just like if you put him on another line it wouldn't have clicked anyway it just was a problematic for me in the end though is is his departure from the team a big loss and why we're losing right now no, if you're gonna put it on the loss of one player being the complete 
collapse of this team, I'm going to put that as a big no. Okay, gotcha. I just wanted to make sure because I heard that. And again, I was... I, I thought you smiling when I talked about the morale with Comrade. No, no, no. I saw you giggling. No, no, no. Listen, Kim, it's not what you said. What he does is I, when he I read comments. other comments. Now, one Michael thing, M. okay. Michael M says, Grumpy, I'm listening to the last podcast. Was it confirmed if TJ said 20 goals for Parise? After the Anders Lee Patrick Kane fiasco, he cannot be trusted. Hashtag Team Grump. You know what, Grump? You're going to keep lying about that comment. It's the truth. You said it's 15 not. to 20. And I'm like, you He's not. I mean, put down the pipe. But here's the thing. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Everyone knows that Michael is Kim's brother. And Kim did something today. She was had a little pensive pose like this. And the reason why I remembered it is Michael also, when he had his, you know, he puts many different facial things. I always look at the faces. And he was like this, the pensive. And I even called it out. Look how pensive he looks. And you did the same thing. Does your mom and dad do that too? I just wonder how far, how many generations that goes back to like. Hmm. Yes, like when I'm thinking about something, when I like it's just the pose I go to when I'm like thinking about something. Um, and he does this, he did the same thing. And well, I it's a family imagine. characteristic. We, we're thinkers. Haven't you ever seen the statue of the thinker? Haven't no, you? no, I have. I absolutely have. And here's the thing I just wonder what it's like at Thanksgiving or Christmas. Everybody's sitting around, and if a question is posed, like, uh, well, hey. I actually posted a Thanksgiving picture. I see Grumpy doesn't follow my social media. Okay, okay. <laughs> no offense to you. I have zero social media. Presence. I know I'm joking with you. So I don't know. If I believe me, if I had a social media, I would absolutely follow you. I'm Tony you grumpy, but yeah, no. Like, I would follow Kim, Tony G. But you know, it's just yeah, it is something that runs in the family that we don't think about. Interesting. Oh yeah, the, uh, Jake DeBrusque. How could we forget Jake DeBrusque is too young, too grumpy. Oh man, oh man. Now, um want to also ask you guys this going forward i think it's it's clear right and i just want to make sure all fans agree sorokin is he's the primary goalie at this point because i saw arguments kind of back and forth right i saw people saying because the numbers aren't great yet for varlamov i think maybe he, people are saying maybe his hip is still bothering him a little bit and that's that's why he struggled a little bit out of the gates and a grumpy is in the belief that no sorokin has not um, want to ask you guys, right? If we feel like maybe this extra this extra break, maybe Varlamov is going to feel a little more fresh. He feels back to normal um, and starts posting better numbers. I just wanted to ask you, who, in your opinion, right now is the one A goalie? Who is the one B goalie? I'll ask Kim first because Grumpy, we already know the answer for you. Yeah, like if if I'm looking at the both performances between Sorokin and Varlamov, um, I'm just like off the bat, I'm just going to tell you my standings of where they stand for me. It's definitely going to be Sorokin Varlamov. Uh, if you're looking, because I look at also, I've seen how Varlamov, his movement, um, being able to move side to side, uh, the quickness of like reaction times, things like that. That's a big difference you see from Sorokin to Varley. And I wonder if that's from his groin injuries, but I've noticed like if a puck's going around the net, his ability to adjust skate-wise to move left to right to adjust to like a, <laughs> I, I gotta, I gotta show it, but, <laughs> but if a guy going around the net, his ability to, you know, get the skates up and move his body physically, um, it's not as quick as like someone like Sorokin. I'm wondering if that's due to, you know, groin, groin wise with Farlamov. I mean, again, I don't think he's done badly. I think he's a great goaltender and I'm glad that he's our secondary goaltender, especially when you have back-to-back -back games. He gives Sorokin that 
that break, you know, he can't do every single game. But that's where this comes in where I love Sorokin is just that his ability, his reaction times, his ability to uh, to do the splits he does to that quick movement to adjust to a play left and right. And, you know, he's that guy where they go to, you know, do commercial breaks. You see them, you know, cleaning up the ice and he's over in the circle stretching. He's over in the search. You know, he's not grabbing a drink. He's not over at the bench. He's stretching out. He's stretching out his legs to make sure that, you know, his muscles stay, uh, they stay warm. They, you know, nothing, you know, gets tight because then you're going to have a situation like for Lamov where you have the those groin injuries stack up on top of one another. He's on top of his own health and he wants to be the best that he can. And he's shown that he has that ability to be, to, to do so. Sorokin, for me, it's no question that he's our number one goaltender. Gotcha. Good answer again. That's uh, that's the way I see it, and that's the way Grumpy sees it. We'd even I'd even go as far to say I think Sorokin has the ability to be the best goalie the Islanders franchise has ever seen. And people called blasphemy last time. They say Billy Smith, and I'm like, yeah. I say Grumpy. Grumpy made an argument for Sorokin too. I I just think talent wise, what he can do, other goalies have never been able to do in an Islanders sweater. Um, now I want to bring this up, and I'm not I, saying I'm. Just- Go ahead, Grumpy. Just to let you know, I would love to chime in on this subject, if that's okay with you. Grumpy. Yeah, he's got to an answer. Next question. Broken no, is number one. Volomov is number two. It's not a 1A, 1B. Not for me, it's not. But I kind of disagree with you when you say that, you know, maybe Volomov has more rest. He'll be back to what he was last year. I don't think he's been poor this year. He Every game, he lets in a weak goal. I mean, that's just who he is. And he's a solid goalie, still a solid goalie. I mean, but I like him as a guy who plays 30 games a year. I have no problem with that. My concern is, does Barry fall back on his old bad old habits of falling in love and playing the veteran because that's the guy that he just wants to go to war with? I mean, we're going to find out, though. Well, I hope not. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't think so. I think, you know, Varlamo played the first game at UBS and stuff like that, you know, because, like, be just because, you know, this is like the team that's, you know, kind of like d- deserved to. Plus, I think that that was a back to back, too. So Sorokin played the next game anyways. But um, I, I'm i going to agree with like Grump there. I don't think Varlamov's been, you know, you know, like horrible. I don't I don't think he has an, like, but I, you know, I I'm I've totally just blanked. <laughs> But again, like again, Sorokin, I would say it's one A, one B. I'm not gonna, you know, down Varlama, but oh, this is what I wanted to make. The the thing is, you know, with the lack of defense that we've been having, these goalies have been taking like 40, almost like 40 shots a night. And we're getting into that situation where we're we're looking back at like where we had Thomas Grice, Thomas Grice and um beforehand, Grice. Robin Leonard. No, no, before, before Robin Leonard. Um, um He's, he's on the Bruins. Oh, uh, yeah, Halak. 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 You, where you have the Grice-Halak situation where everyone was giving shit on Halak. And I, I, I said even then, I'm like, well, he's taking 50 shots a night. How is he supposed to prove himself when, you know, our defense isn't there? And, you know, we're having that similar problem where, you know, Varlamov's numbers aren't that great. But then, like, that game, he took, like, 45 shots that night. You know, you have to look at that as well as, too. You know, back when, like, last year, maybe Varlamov was taking 30 to 20, 25 to 30 maybe shots a night. It was much better numbers. And so, of course, if you're taking more shots, it's more of a chance – to let in goals. So I'm, I'm not giving it on Varlamov there. Grump, um, I want you yeah. to read this. Do you know what Michael you T- Okay. It's from Animal House, Grumpy. I want you to read this Animal House quote in in character. 
The season over until they decide it's well, not till they decide it, until we decide it's over. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? He's like, oh, Germans? That wasn't the Germans. He's like, Germans? He's like, That wasn't the Germans. They had an alliance with Japan, but. No, 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 no Kim is oh, showing a rage now. Now, here's the thing. I only bring that up, and I wanted to see it. Not for you, Kim, I, because I told TJ. TJ messed, missed on that, too, initially. He didn't know that either. So he didn't know what movie. It's from the movie Animal House. John Belushi gives a speech uh, just before they do. Have you ever seen Animal House? No. Okay. Oh, God! Okay. That's that's your project for this weekend. Watch Animal House. Is there a picture, Dick? It's, it's a movie, Animal House. John Belushi's in it. Uh, I remember watching that. My, in my senior year in high school, I watched that movie. Oh, oh okay. Gotcha. So He's it's a, a reference. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? And then... Uh, uh, I don't know. See, I know go. the meme. I've and, seen like the gifts from the movie, but I've never seen the movie itself. You got to watch the movie. The I've and, heard it's he great. Goes, I've heard it's great. And then, uh, um, what the hell is his name? But yeah, no, like if I haven't they seen said, the movie, I'm not going to get a reference. He's like, Germans? He's like, he's on, he says, never mind, he's on a roll. And then he just went through the whole thing. It was it was a great scene. You know what? Great Here's scene. the thing. Uh, you know what? Screw it. I don't care about any type of monetization on these videos. Grump, I will go ahead and pull it up for us because I think it has good content value. Um, so here it is. We've got it. Uh, got the video. I've got the video. I don't mind. <laughs> hey! What's this lying around shit? Well, what the hell is supposed to do, you, you moron? Over, man. Wormer dropped the big one. Over? Over? Did you say over? Nothing is over until we decide it is. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! German? Forget it, he's rolling. <laughs> that was Otter who said Germans? Oh, classic, classic. Okay. You know, now you have you ever heard about food fight? Like, did you ever do food fights when you're in high school, like three years ago? I mean, did they ever do food fights and stuff? I mean, maybe when I was like in second grade, but no, never had a food fight in high school. Okay. Well, okay. Now remember, this came out. I remember we would go to Burger King and a food fight would break out. Everyone would just, you know, would just be throwing their burgers and fries at one another, uh, you know, in the Burger King. They loved us there. Grumpy, hold on. You were starting food fights where poor workers who were probably earning minimum wage. You're, you're starting food fights in Burger King back when you're young? God almighty, Grumpy. Yeah, that's right. Look at you. Look at you causing trouble over there, fun. Grumpy. Now, I, I know we kind of deviated away from it, um, but people have been asking, and again, I, I, I'll bring this up. I, you know, I, I vehemently disagree with this, but people are saying, hey, is it time to see a new general manager? Is it time to see a new head coach? Is it time to see a change in direction? For people, I feel like that have already said, hey, I've, I've chalked this season up to an L. Um, you know, I, I feel like they're looking for a new direction. They're looking for a new, uh, you know, a new style out there on the ice because the last eight games that we've lost, people have noted, right? We've been outscored. I think it's like 32 to seven. It's they've been bad losses. I don't think it's a harbinger to say this is what's going to happen for the remainder of the season. We're going to be losing, you know, handfuls of game. We're going to be looking at a lottery or a, a very, very early lottery pick. I'm not sure you could say that, but are you having any doubts or um, any type of doubts about Lou and Barry at this moment here, Kim? I think it's no. an obvious answer, but I'll ask. No, not a, an, like that's, that's the only problem is like you have one bad stretch and it's let's all jump ship. 
Like, it's, you got, you can't make one miss, like, you can't have, like, one bad season or, like, one bad stretch and it's, like, that you, at all. Like, if it feels like as a general manager, like, God forbid, like, there's just one bad stretch, it, it's, like, it's over for your career to the fan base sometimes. Like, and that's with any, like, any fan base I've seen. A lot of people do that. Like, you just lose a couple of games and then it's, like, get rid of the coach, get rid of the GM. You like, it's just, I just feel like it's an overreaction at this point. Um, and Grump, now I want to have you respond to it too because you've come to a thought process of once you know, once a season, if it is loss, you do have a thought process on a Grump, and I want you to share it again. If the season is like later on down the road, we're at the trade deadline and we're a seller, you have a thought of what the team should do, and I want you to bring it up again. I'm thinking, Cam. I'm always thinking over here. That's why I'm GM material. You understand? I'm telling you right now. All right, here's what I think. I don't think that we should jettison Lou and Barry. Uh, but if I was going to get rid of one, it would be Barry. And I think if this season goes down the tubes, that they need to, what I would do, I would have a heart to heart with Barry if I'm Lou and say, hey, this team in this iteration is not going to be it anymore. We want to incorporate some youth. And are you in for that? Do you, I mean, will you say that, yes, uh, you're going to play the younger players? live and die with them as a way to get the team, maybe to rejuvenate the team without doing a full rebuild. If you're for that, we want to keep you as coach. If not, see you later. That's that's what I think they should do. I want to ask Kim what your opinion is on something like that. I think that it would be good to have some sort of conversation going forward. I think if they do, they're not going to go feet full rebuild like Grumpy wants them to and has always wanted them to for the last three or some odd years. I think it's worth mentioning. Sure. But I think that if there were, let's say, worst-case scenario Islander fans, the Islanders don't make the playoffs. We're going to get big, oh, not happy. But – I would say maybe I think we're going to look for a, a tune-up, maybe a little bit of a a slight you know remodel. It's nothing going to be huge. It's not like we're tearing up the floors and ripping out the windows and adding you know an extra portion onto the house. I think it's going to be a, a it's going to be a, it's going to be a little bit of a pickup. It's not going to be a lot of remodel. What about an engine rebuild? I don't. It's not going to be a full engine rebuild. Maybe it's going to be like putting windshield wiper fluid in your car, or put or changing the oil. But I wanted to ask Kim what her opinion is on that thought. No, yeah, I, I don't believe like I don't believe that Barry and Lou are above criticism. I don't think you know. I don't think it's right to like that every opinion negative about them is wrong. Like that that I don't agree with. But like like it's just taking it too far when you say oh they should be like fired immediately. That's where I'm like okay that's a little that's a little much. But I like. I I wouldn't say like I wouldn't give him an ultimatum like Grumpy would. <laughs> um but I I can see like what he's saying about has there has to be maybe like a conversation like it's time to like you know switch gears and change it up into a new direction possibly after the season. Like um just maybe like go forward in a different direction after the season. I know it's going to be it's going to be a bumpy road, I think definitely after the season in terms of changing up the team. I don't think like, I don't just don't think about doing a 180 on our coach and GM is the solution to doing that. It's just about maybe like grumpy said, maybe just a little bit mentality wise and lineup choices. And I, I don't disagree. Let me ask you this too. Noah Dobson has struggled a little bit. I've seen some people are saying Noah Dobson might not be everything we originally had thought he would be, right? Because this happened. It happened. I, hey, I'm all going to say something to bring up the point and I want to ask opinions. These are questions, right? When your team's struggling, 
People ask questions all over the place. I want to ask a question about Noah Dobson. People are saying Noah Dobson might not be as good as we originally anticipated. He maybe is going to be a bust. Use quotes on it. Do you think there's any there's any valid points behind that? Do you do you see Noah Dobson maybe not living up to the expectation and potential that us Zounder fans had for him as being a guy who can be a really good top top four solid defenseman? Uh, with Dobson, uh, during this COVID break, like when he came back the, against the Penguins, I saw I saw more of a different Noah Dobson of him trying to break through, a little bit more confidence out of him, trying to do like kind of like a Nick Letty approach of like just bringing it up into the blue, you know, uh, through the blue line himself and trying to go towards the net, which was uh, it was promising to see out of Noah Dobson. Ever since the beginning with Noah Dobson, though, I've never seen that spark of brilliance that uh, you know everyone was like oh no adopts and no adopts and he's still he's amazing he's gonna be the next best thing like i've never seen that adam fox out of him you know i've never seen you know like i i don't know he's never come out to me like devon taves did with me devon taves to me you know just came out as a, a, a wonderful defenseman which yeah i'm still upset about losing devon taves but i i just feel like no adoption there's just I feel like there could be that spark of a player with in him after seeing him during that Penguins game trying to step up since he's with basically almost all AHLers. It was him and Scott Mayfield, basically. So I appreciate seeing that, you know, step. He just feels like a, like a confidence issue. It really just feels like a confidence issue that he doesn't trust in himself. And he, he like, that's what causes him to make his subtle, like, kind of like rookie-ish mistakes. I, I do want to see more out of him. I, I want to see more confidence out of him that I saw when he was driving the blue line like he did against the Penguins. I want to see more of that Noah Dobson. Well, for me, it's the system. Barry doesn't want him doing that. That is the player he was in juniors. A guy who took command, rushed the puck, created offense. Barry doesn't want him doing that. You're, I think Barry has him petrified. If he makes a mistake, he's going to get benched. And I mean, because certainly that's the way it is. If he doesn't perform well, he sits. He's the guy who sits. And I think in that particular game, there were no other options. So you saw him kind but of. But if you're saying he's being trots, then why didn't he sit Letty? Because Letty did the same exact thing. Letty is 30 years old. He trusts the veterans. He doesn't trust a 20, a 20 year old Noah Dobson, just doesn't do it. That's not what he does. He's a vet guy all the way. You see guys who he benches. He never benches a veteran, ever. Never freaking ever. Yeah, he did. Who? He occasionally, he occasionally sat oh, people on the Matt bench. He's not even an NHL player anymore. Oh, damn. Look at that. See how, see how he does that? He's not he's even an NHL player anymore. He's not even the $6 million man with depreciation. He's 4.5 now. Oh, well, here's the thing. He has he has occasionally sat people. He's sat Casey for a few shifts before. He will sit younger players much more frequently than he will older players. No doubt about that. I agree I with that. I, but I, I don't think he refuses to sit older players. I mean, Nick Letty, again, he made so many mistakes. We were, Think about it. He made so many mistakes, and we were unable to find somebody to fill his role. Nick Letty was important to the team. He did bring offensive acumen. He did a good job of headmanning the puck. He could exit the zone. In his own zone, I think he struggled, and his lazy, lackadaisical attitude drove me freaking nuts. 
but we we haven't found a replacement for him. I'm not sure if they were expecting Noah Dobson to say, Noah, you're going to step in and be Nick Letty 2.0 already. I'm not sure if that shouldn't have to be Nick Letty 2.0. He should be Noah Dobson 2.0. He should be himself and put it on the ice. And maybe it is just a coaching thing. I don't know. It's some players flourish under some coaches some players don't it's it's a weird situation you know we we're talking about before you know about like I know and it's totally different but like DeBrusque and like what a change of scenery do him better like Sam Bennett it uh, you know it's and you talk about like I, I look at someone like Adam Pellick who was just so like under Capuano when Doug Waite was kind of just like we were kind of like done with him and then you see Barry Trotz come in and him flourish it's just you don't know it, it's 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 hard to see the true Noah Dobson, I feel like, at some point. It's it's really difficult, and I felt like he – I just want to see more of him. Just, like, maybe sometimes you have to advocate for yourself and go, just try try your damnedest to, you know, just play your game and do what you can do. And Because uh, I feel like he wouldn't make so many mistakes if he just had more confidence in himself. And then he wouldn't be sad because he didn't make a mistake. I, I think that's right. I think Grumpy has mentioned it before, and we've talked about it. Younger players, sometimes, I'm not saying all, some younger players need need confidence is a huge thing for them. Some guys walk in, they say, I'm I'm big man on campus. I'm the shit. I could do whatever I want. I'm fantastic. And they just they take it and run with it. Other guys need to get a little bit more of that TLC, that tender loving care. And they need to have they need to have it to where they they feel like, hey, I can make a mistake or two. I've got, you know, this guy's like a father figure over here to me. He, you know, he loves me. He wants me to improve. He he, you know, he said, hey, this is my opportunity. He's gonna be hard on me when he needs to be, but in the same token, I feel like I have the ability to try to play my style and grow into it so i think you're right i think he does have a little bit of a confidence issue grump i'm sorry i didn't mean to cut you off i think when if you're a younger player and you see if you make a mistake you get benched eventually you're not going to take chances because what do you want to do you want to play so i'm gonna i will transform into the team game i will morph into being that type of player that he wants to be even if it's not the skill set and like i said that if we trade Noah Dobson, he'll take off with another team because he's built for today's NHL. Barry Trotz teams are their NHL teams from the 80s. That's what they are. Grinded out. That's what everybody used to play. The game is different now. It's young, smaller, fast, puck-moving defensemen. That's what it is. The teams that are slow, they get left in the dust. I mean, I'm sorry. And for me, that kid, if you just give him some rope, like you mentioned Adam Fox, Adam Fox wouldn't be half the player here that he was with the Rangers because Barry Trotz would not tolerate his mistakes on the defensive end, just wouldn't do it. And that to me is that to me is the biggest issue. Barry has a real tight leash on young guys like Dobson. He did the same thing with Barzell. When Barzell was younger, he can't do it anymore. Um, but he used to do that all the time with Barzell. Single him out while you see the other players play like absolute trash. Barzell's the one who winds up getting benched or sat out or ripped in a press conference. I I want to ask this because it's funny, right? There's so many different talking points. There's so many different areas that everybody's looking at. One of the most glaring issues that I, we on our podcast, Grump, I, I will say, I think we've overlooked or haven't spoken about it enough 
is the power play. We chalk it up to it's not an issue of the coach because people are saying Hiller's got to go. We said that. I, I remember I remember being in a class of Scott Gomez had to go many, many years ago when he was in charge of the power play. Now we're hearing the Hiller needs to go. Let me ask you this. Power play has been absolutely atrocious, pitiful. What are ways we can try to get the power play headed in the right direction? I'll be right back with this, guys. I'm still listening to it, but I'll be right back. Oh, Absolutely. What You know what time it is, Grump? I mean, what are you at, the bladder of a damn hamster? <laughs> okay. Kim, did you want to talk first about the power play? You want me to hit on it? I mean, it's up to you. You want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Okay. Uh, to me, it's the players. It's the formation. Uh, I, I don't understand why Josh Bailey is even on a power play anymore. I, I'm sorry, and I'm not ripping Josh Bailey, but if you know you haven't, here, what what do teams do when Josh Bailey's on the ice? They don't even defend him because they know he's not going to shoot. He just he refuses to shoot the puck. Yeah, sometimes play. yeah. But, but what do you see that they, the the other the team just sloughs off of him and they cover the passing lanes? We have no movement. When you see, and here's the thing: even though we didn't score against Pittsburgh, I thought when they had the young guys out there, the puck was moving much quicker. I think we're too deliberate. We are afraid to shoot the puck a lot of instances. But and maybe that is Hiller saying he doesn't want to shoot the puck from the point. I don't know. They did the same thing with Letty last year. Dobson was really good early on getting the puck on net with that little snapshot that he's got or that wrist shot. And it seems like they've stopped doing that. So I don't know why. Um, I just, for me, you know, Ajo was going to come in and, you know, be the salve for all your wounds. And I warned people at the beginning. I said, he's not Nick Lidstrom. He's not Paul Coffey. Uh, he's not Bobby Orr. Uh, you know, and that's why I'm not disappointed in his play. I don't think he stood out. But he's been serviceable. He's been fine. I don't know if he's your power play quarterback. Optimally, Dobson should be your guy. It really should be. Okay, yeah. Okay. I I feel you there. So, like, my problems with the power play, again, it's like, you know what? We, we yelled about the coach, and then it turned out not to be the coach. You know, it's just – I'm not going to – I don't know what to do anymore about that situation. Like, how do you coach a power play? I mean, you go to Al Arbor who said, like, if you can't score with an extra man on the ice, that's your problem. That's the like, like – it's just it's I feel like it's a lack of confidence on the power play again. Like you said, Sebastian Ajo in the back, absolutely wrong. Like he should not be there. I Sebastian Ajo in the back, he, and he's just as scared. Looks like he's gonna piss his pants when he's on the power play. He did like, get better. He did get better as the games went on, though. The first game, I thought the first game he was super tentative, but he got that, and that's what I. The last that's game what, he was atrocious on the power but, play, absolutely atrocious. But yeah, but Salo was quarterback in the power play. It wasn't Aho that last game. It was Salo. I saw Salo try and they tried it once and it just didn't work out. Like I can agree with doing like a Noah Dobson there. I can agree with you there. Doing like a Noah Dobson in the back there uh, uh, to, with the D. Um, why not try? That's what stinks about missing Pollock because I feel like Pollock would be a good position there. He's, he sometimes can rip it. He um, can't pass though. He can't pass. All his passing guy skates every single pass he does. But you know why not try? Oh, we don't want. You know what? Like, oh, so he can't pass. Good, shoot, shoot the damn puck. I don't care. You got the puck. You see a lane? How many times they look and they have a lane and they go, well, what, what, what's plan B? Like, like no, I'm I'm sick of it. They see lanes, they have them, and they are tentative to shoot the puck. They are tentative to put it on net because they don't want to like make it go out. But the problem is, you keep passing it. It's gonna go out 
anyway, and you've lost more time passing it than you would have if you had shot, they got it, and it went out. You know, you don't know, you understand what I'm saying? Also, another thing to improve our power play, zone entry. How bad? We can't even enter the zone on a power play, let alone set up to get a shot off on net. That is a problem in just regular five on five, but also a problem on the power play. We are dumping, we are chipping it into the zone. On a power play, when you have an extra man, you should not be doing that. We can't, we don't even know how to enter the on um, the blue line with an extra man on the ice to even set up in the zone for a power play and that's a problem because you chip it you dump it in and you're talking about having speed you know you do that play you need to have the speed to go and retrieve it you might as well say to the other team like here you go now go dump it down so we can go chase it again it just zone entry has been such a problem for me watching this team we'll get stuck in our you know in the back for five minutes have to dump it all the way down and then we change, get stuck in our corner for five minutes, dump it, dump it, dip and taste. We got one guy that goes in that tries to get it. If we have that one time where we actually get it and maybe set up, you know, that's the biggest thing is just we just don't know how to enter a zone. We don't know how to enter the O zone, and it's a big crippling part of our power play. Uh, for me, I mean, we were trying to carry, we were trying to carry it in, but our problem was. We stop. We skate over the blue line and then stop. And everybody else is stationary at the blue line, as opposed to a flowing unit attacking unit. Yeah, and I, I agree with you there. It's very. It's no one's moving. It's we. They plant. Like this is my spot. I'm supposed to stand here and let's hope this works. And I agree with you. They have to. They have to move. They have to. And it's. And if they do pass, because you know it's it's not wrong to pass in a power play, but you watch other. I watch the other team. If the other team gets a power play, I'm like, I want to see what they do. I want to see how they set. And when they do it, it's one, two, three, boom. It's quick. And what the Islanders do, they'll pass it. They'll shuffle it back and forth and wait like a few minutes, and then they'll do it right back to the person they just got it from. And the teams are expecting that. Because they'll just keep their position because they don't have to move. The PK, their PK doesn't have to move because we're so planted. When Matt why, do they, why do they have to move? When Matt Barzell has the puck, it seems like everyone else on the team just kind of watches him. Yeah. As if no one moves. No one there's no there's no movement on no the No one drives the net. No one tries to get open for him. There's no movement. Yeah. And for me, I'd love to see Oliver Wallstrom. I'd love to see <laughs> Oliver Wallstrom at the trigger spot on the first power play unit, but he won't do that. I just, I want to put my best shooter out there with my best playmaker. That's I me. Think, Call me crazy. I think this kind of piggybacks off of it. Sal P asked the overarching question of, will we score enough goals in order to win a whole bunch of games in a row? And now this is a team to where I believe we're second to last in the NHL in goals per game. So it's like at 1.88 or 1.85. I don't remember the exact number. I think the only team that's worse for, worse than the Islanders currently at the moment at scoring goals per game are the uh, Arizona Coyotes. And again, you know, I've heard I've heard arguments for and against that, saying, okay, we ran into a few hot goalies. We've played a lot of hot teams, and that's the reason we're not scoring goals. So I'm just I'm just bringing forth other ideas, Grum. But I mean, will we be able to score goals? Will wh how will that get rectified and switched? Right? We've talked about the defensive issue. We've talked a little bit about the power play. What is the way to get the offense and put more pucks in the back of the net? Obviously, you score more power play goals. That's a way to do so. But I'm talking about on five on five hockey. Shoot. How, go ahead, Ken. No, that's that's it. That's my word of the day. Oh, shoot. shoot. Okay. <laughs> Here's the thing, right? How are a lot of our a, a large, vast majority of our goals were 
off of uh, counterattacks, the other team turning the puck over. Well, when you're not back defensively and you're not creating those neutral zone chances, that takes away a lot of your offense. We're not a supremely talented team. I keep on saying we have one guy on the whole team who I consider a first liner. Everybody else, they're just ham and egg or jags, just guys. And I, I, you know, it's just the fact. I mean, you know, another thing at the power play, right? We're just not a supremely talented team. We're just not. We don't have a Patrick Kane out there. We don't have a, uh, you know, Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl or, you know, Johnny Goudreau or Matthew Kachuk. I mean, we just don't have those type of players. And it's just, I don't know. It's just frustrating. It just is. So what is your magic elixir? in order to get us to score more goals. I know we're always kind of, you know, bottom of the middle of the pack with goals per goal scored per game at the end of the season. You look at the last two years, we sit around like 10th lowest in the league, 13th lowest in the league, kind of around that range. We don't score. Hey, we're not a team that's always going to score a lot of goals. We're never going to be the, the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Toronto Maple Leafs, who are scoring goals and droves. We're a team that wins based off of having one of the lowest goals against averages or goals against or uh, goals against averages in the league and scoring slightly more than what we give up in that. So let me ask you, what is going to be the magic elixir to get the offense to start firing on more all cylinders to start scoring more than 1.88 goals a game? Is it just that we're snake bitten right now and we just need to wait? What do you think it is, Grumpet? I'll ask Kim as well. Uh, I think uh, prayer is maybe what we can hope for right at this point in time because we're not talented enough. There's nobody in this, no magic elixir, honestly. You didn't make any improvements in the offseason. None. You made no improvements. You are what you are. Your record is what it says it is. <laughs> Look at that. Oh, there you go. There you go. Right there. That's what Parcell said. Great coach. You are what your record says you are. Right now, we're a team that's, you know, what, third, fourth worst in the league. That's what we are right now. It doesn't have to stay like that. But right now, that's what we are. So you don't have any magic elixir to start scoring more. Okay, gotcha. No. So you just think we're a little snake bitten. It's going to work itself out there? I don't think we're snake bitten. I just don't think we're good enough. And – the fact that we're not we're not playing our style. I mean, how many games have we played Islander hockey this year? Maybe two the whole year. Maybe two. The Winnipeg game for certain. And gosh, I don't even want to say the Vegas game. Vegas kind of outplayed us in that one too. Um, I thought at Leonard points, Sk- yeah. at points. Uh, I mean, at points, but I mean for the whole game. I think Winnipeg was the one game where we played like we were capable of. The fact that we haven't played like that, we're seventeen games in. I don't think it's the coach. It's got it's on the players. No, I mean, I, and I don't even care that we were on the road. You know, you had a game, but you have four days off. You have a game. You have five games. Five days off. It's not like they were tired. I, so you, just, you think we're going to be at the end of the year the lowest? You know, scoring we're going to be bottom three in goals scored a game, or do you think it's going to kind of neutralize? Because that's what that's overall what I'm trying to get at, Grump here with us. Okay. You know, 32 goals, 32 goals in 17 games is not fantastic. I don't think we're going to be on the pace to score less than two goals a game. I, I I agree. I think we will score more goals than that. I agree. Okay. And I want to ask Kim too, you know, what's what's the magic fix? What, you know, what are we going to do? Obviously, besides, hey, if the power play starts going, that obviously adds more goals for. But, you know, what are you thinking about what do we need to do in order to generate more offense? I wish there was like a magic fix, like something that would just like quickly, just like in one game turnaround, just like, oh, there it is, you know, Mm. but I don't think you're going to see that. Some things I guess I want to see improvement on is one communication, communication on the ice between, you know, it could be because of how the lines were 
just all switched up. No one, you know, play, no one really had played with each other before. That could have, you know, caused communication problems out there. But I've noticed that, like, you know, something I've missed, like, especially, like, since the loss of, like, someone, even, like, Johnny Boychuk, you could see him communicate communicating out there with his players of how they're going to forward attack, you know, how they're going to enter the neutral zone and things like that. I, I just like things like that. I just feel like communication could be improved upon, but, and again, it's, it's also just a mindset. It's a mindset problem. I think for these guys right now too, you know, you're, you're, you're talking about like, well, you put it on, you got to put it on the players here. I definitely feel you got to, I don't know what their mindset is. I would be, I want to be a fly on the wall in the locker room to see what Barry's telling these boys to hear what they're thinking about what they, you know, the, what they feel like and what they think about when they go and they drive the net or like, well, they don't drive the net, but when they're in the off, when they drive into the offensive zone, what they're thinking of, are they thinking net? I want to score. Cause it doesn't look like it. It doesn't look like they're the ones that say, I want to score. It looks like they're trying to say, who can I pass it to? So hopefully they can do something. It, it feels just, it's again, like the, that pass first mentality rather than let's get a goal and let's score. It just doesn't feel like that sometimes. I will say one thing I'd like to see. Here's the thing. All the things that I would do, Barry won't do. So that's why I kind of, you know, grain of salt here. But I would put Oliver Wallstrom up with Matt Barzell. I would too. I I mean he's a he's a guy who's gonna he's gonna shoot the puck, and I think he could. And I put Anders Lee on the first line just to stand in front of the net, let him pick up rebounds on Wallstrom shots. I would love Barzell to see creating. Wallstrom Lee Barzell. That would be impeccable to see. I would really love to see how that would work. But I don't see it happening. I no. just I mean <laughs> if, yeah. If you weren't gonna play Oliver Wallstrom with Matt Barzell with all those guys out with COVID. You're never going to do it this year. I mean, it was such an opportunity to give a young guy a chance. I mean, you were probably not going to win those games with all those guys out anyway. Why not do some experimenting as opposed to taking Matt Barzell and putting him with two guys in their 30s who have zero goals between them? I mean, how is that? And I often say, man, what does Matt Barzell think? Does he think my contract's up? I mean, I know I have one more year of restricted free agency. Do I want to be here long term if this is what it's going to be? I just think it's frustrating because, as I've often said before, Kim, I don't know if you know this or not, but I, I say, okay, but it's like if you're an offensive skill player, why would you ever sign with this team with Barry with Barry Trotz as coach? Um, wanna uh, now changing gears here a little bit? People are throwing the name out here. Of, it's called of shifting. It's called shifting gears, not changing gears. Shifting gears. I'm calling changing gears, Grumpy. What can I say? I'm changing gears, okay, Grump. Um, now people have mentioned Evander Kane, and I'm no. not saying I know no. people have asked, right? He's on he's on the road to try to rebuild his career in the A. His agent no. said he's willing to go ahead and uh, to log some time there uh, for the Barracuda, I believe, is the AHL affiliate for San Jose. He wants to get everything back on track. Apparently, he's fully vaccinated. The guy we all know is talented. There's no doubt about that. That being said, has a lot of character issues. Has had a lot of issues come up this off season. Would a guy like Evander Kane, and I'll let, I know Kim has already said no, but I want to hear the kind of the reasoning behind it. Would a guy like Evander Kane ever be on your radar? Are yes, no, why is the case as well? Um, go ahead, Kim. I'll let you. You were very vehement with your no, so I'll let you explain and then I'll touch it. I just don't. I there's I just feel like Evander Kane is not going to mix well with this team. I don't just I just don't know. I just really 
I feel like, you know, I, I'm glad he's trying to turn his life around and stuff like that. But I just feel like he, especially when I, like, listen to his media interviews, it looks like he never takes responsibility for himself. He always feels like he puts blame onto others. Like, oh, well, I didn't know about this or I didn't know about, like, you had to have. I feel like he doesn't take responsibility for himself and his actions, which is something that's not quite characteristic with this team. I don't know. It's just it's something about like his character. I don't know if he's the right fit for this team, and I I don't think he is. And no, I, I, as a fix for the team, I don't know. I, I I feel like you may be like you said, like you may be just bringing in another player, another rental, and it's not going to work. Now, now I've always said. Now he's got a lot of terms still tied left to that deal. I think. Now I always said, and it's funny when he was originally traded to San Jose, I was like, oh well, this is the change of scenery he needs. He seems like he is finally bought in. I'll ask you this, well, Grumpy, uh, and I'll let you answer this one too. Now, with Evander Kane, right, we mentioned how he's got problems in the locker room. Our locker room is very close and tight-knit. Do you think, you know, after coming here, if he would, hypothetical, if he joins the Islanders or if we were to make a move for him, do you think he would buy in, right? I don't think – we've talked about buy-in in the past. I think everybody likes what Barry Trotz is speaking. I know now that Grumpy has some questions about Matt Barzal or thinks if there's one person to have an issue, it would be Matt Barzal because he looks so frustrated. Do you think the strong sense of locker room could get Evander Kane's head straight? Was this last mistake – the wake-up call for Vander Kane, or is he just never going to have the wake-up call? Okay, there's two ways to look at this, right? He was in Winnipeg, uh, couldn't get along with anyone. Buffalo, couldn't get along with anyone. San Jose, lied to his teammates. Not good looks, right? If there was any locker room that is super stable and he would not be able to infiltrate with his negativeness, it would be the Islanders, a veteran team like that. That said, I don't think that Barry Trotz and Lou Lamarillo would even consider acquiring him. I mean, regardless of what he brought to the table, I just don't think that they look at him as being an Islander-type player. And once again, if he'd come here, what would he have to do? He would have to what to his game? Subjugate his game. Thank you very much. And that's what he would have to do, right, to fit in. Is he willing to do that? <laughs> You like that comment? Sorry, is, I like that. Is, I like that is, comment. Is he, is he willing to do that? Is right. You know, I don't. I don't think. I. I. He might be willing to do it at this stage of his career. That's what I say. Right? Has he hit rock bottom? I feel like there always has to be a bottom for everybody. This year, you've got allegations of betting. You've got allegations of you know betting on your team to where teammates were like, I don't want him back in the locker room, and then he fakes a vaccination card. I mean, like, has he finally hit rock bottom? Uh, I think so. I hope so, um, you know, because I don't like to see anyone, you know, ruin their life like that. I mean, I, you know, I'm not rooting against him. Uh, but for me, it's like, okay, let's say he does. Let's say for argument's sake, he comes here. He just, I'm going to play defensive game. Is that what you need? Another guy to play defense? I, they need to change. They need to, uh, to tinker with the system a little bit and let the guys who have offensive acumen and skill, let them show it. Don't try to convert them or, you know, grind around the rough edges, you know, of offense so that they fit into the circular, the defensive circular hole. You have to let these guys do what their skill set dictates they are. There's nothing worse than having a coach take a guy who has a supreme talent and just, just say, I don't want that talent. I want you to fit my system. 
Well, and Evander Kane, too, mind you, he's after this season, he's still got three years left on that contract. So here's the thing, too. I, I have no idea what a buyout looks like for Evander Kane. I couldn't imagine them saying, yes, we feel happy uh, paying you $5 million plus to be an AHL guy long-term for the San Jose Sharks, another team that's up against, you know, who doesn't have a lot of flexibility with the cap. Go ahead, Grum. I just want to comment on Tony's comment here. Bailey for a washing machine at 30 bucks. I mean, first of all, the washing machine would have to be broken, number one, and I'd say 1999. That's about as much as I'm going for Bailey. His mom won't even invite him for Sunday dinner anymore. Oh, look at that, Grumpy. She was so happy. Where's Josh? He's in Florida. Woohoo! Oh, look at that. Uh, I'm sorry. I'll let you. I'll let you respond. I'll let you respond, Kim. Little four. Let's leave the families out of this. No, no, we talked to Josh Bailey's mom. No, no, leave leave the families out of this. Listen, I just let's watch Joe Haggerty go after DeBrus's mom on Twitter. Like, I no, we don't need any more of that today. You don't know. You don't know that that Josh Bailey's mom actually talks on the podcast. She does. She comments in. I believe the I believe the handle is Josh Bailey's mother. I believe yeah. is the exact name. So I I'm uh, saying yes. it's got it's got to be Josh. Very Bailey's mom. very yes, very factually Josh Bailey's mother. <laughs> uh, look at that. Yeah, I, I said Grumpy stays quiet and calm unless we ask him what he thinks about Josh Bailey. Yeah, it just seems to be one of those triggering points. I'm just not sure. Just always is Grumpy. Because he sucks so bad. And he does. He does. He does. He's a, he's a, he's a really, really good third-line winger. Excellent third-line winger. I really do believe that. And because he's put in a situation where he's always a top-six guy, that is what makes you and other Islander fans hate him. But because no, he's utilized wrong. It, it's, it's not how he's utilized. It's when I look at certain members of the uh, – certain factions of the fan base saying that he deserves to have his number retired. I'm sorry. You don't get your number retired for showing up because that's all he's done. So, you know, you know what that reminds me of? It reminds me of when people hate the fans and supporters more than they hate the player. Like, for example, I'll use kind of a little bit like this, but his career never was anywhere near as long or successful as Josh Bailey. Tim Tebow was one of those polarizing figures. People either loved the Tebow fans. Remember when Tebowing used to be a thing? Holy crap. Where people used to Tebow, right? People loved his fans or hated him because of his fans. I don't think anybody disliked the guy. He seems like a real nice guy, like just like I'm sure Josh Bailey is, but people didn't like the Tebow fans and didn't like the, what, Grumpy? He... He wasn't. He is a really nice guy. Tim Tebow was a really nice guy. Just like I'm sure Josh Bailey's a very what? nice yeah, guy. Yeah, sure, sure. But here's the thing: he couldn't play football. That was his biggest crime. It wasn't a crime against humanity. He couldn't play football. He couldn't play quarterback. Just like Josh Bailey can't play hockey. Ah, uh, there we go. There we go. That's that's uh, the biggest issue. Nobody said that Tim Tebow should have his number retired, except maybe at the University of Florida. And I go with that. But certainly not for any NFL team. Either. Florida should definitely retire his number. That being said, different, different day, different podcast. That's the tomorrow That's thing. Tomorrow at nine o'clock. That being said, now I want to ask this: People are asking this question, right? Let's say we're a hypothetically a seller at the trade deadline, right? Things don't go well. Do you see us trying to sell a Simone Varlamov? Or do you think we're going to sit on him because the relationship that Sorokin and Varlamov have together, we want to keep them together? Because you have to figure Varlamov, right? I know he's off to a little bit of a rocky start. Grumpy says it's he's no, no rocky. He's not off to a rocky start. I'm just, I'm just I'm posing the question, right? Some say he is. Some, like Grumpy, say he's not. 
The numbers aren't there yet. Long story short, the guy's a very, very consistent goaltender. You have to figure he would get you some sort of return, like a first, maybe an additional. And that's what Steve K is saying, right? Colorado would take possibly Varlamov back for a first and second. Colorado's getting the butts whooped tonight. I think it was eight to three by Toronto at the moment. Oh, so Colorado's taking an absolute I wonder my group chat's popping off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Toronto, Toronto is spanking Colorado. But I have to feel like for teams that are on the fringe or teams that feel like, you know, they, they are maybe a goalie away, Varlamov is a guy who still has cap certainty. Do you think the Islanders would ever entertain the idea of moving Varlamov if this year we are a seller? They should. Would they? Um, they would. I don't know if they'll wait to the offseason or not. And it has to be to a team that's desperate for a goalie. That's what it has to be. And I'm going to say again, I think Varlamov is a solid goalie. I think he is somebody who benefited from being in the system, just like Robin Leonard did, like Thomas Grice did. I mean, those guys are all serviceable goalies, but it's not a mistake that they play their best goaltending here when you have uh, Korn and Greco as your two coaches. It's just not a mistake. Sorokin's the one guy who's able to transcend a poor start. Because he's been great this year. I, th- I think he has too. I think he has too. Um, but you would you would be in agreement, hey, if the right price is around, if we're a seller at the deadline, and you look at a few guys, right? Zach Parise would be a guy, if he, if he scores, you would try to sell him for anything he's worth. I don't think anybody would be in the market for Zidane Char, but maybe they would, like we were with Braden Colburn as a seventh defenseman, what we traded a sixth or seventh round pick for him. I could see maybe Char having some sort. And same with Green, if they have any value. I feel like there are a lot of people that, you know, were on these, you know, Know, prove it or last year last saloon type deals that we might be able to try to to sell off it won't be a huge return but i think varlamov right he would have the largest return on anybody if you were to move him at the deadline if we're sellers who cares if you're getting rid of guys making seven hundred fifty thousand dollars a year i'm just I mean, talking about return wise well you're not going to get anything for them you what do you think you're going to get for Zdeno chart anyone could have had him for free Zach Parise, anybody could have had them for free. What are you going to get? A puck bag? An Islanders commemorative puck for the first season at UBS? UBS? You, I don't know how you mess it up all the time, bro. UBS. Yeah, I get it wrong every time. At the U? All right, I'm just going to call it the U from now, from now on. Call the stable. Oh, good gracious. The, the stable. stable. I don't know. I think horses whenever I think of stable. <laughs> So grumpy, go ahead. I'll let you get back to your. I mean, role. if I'm trying to move, if if we're truly sellers at the de- at the deadline, I'm moving as many contracts as I can, mm-hmm. and the, nobody, with the exception of a couple of young guys, no one is off limits. And you never know; you might get a team to bite. I would certainly offer everybody up, and if the return is small, if as long as you're getting rid of a contract, I'm fine with it. I, I think that's where you kind of teeter on the line, right? Because you're they're still in they're still in, hey, we want to compete. And I'm just not sure they would. I, I, I would like if we're a seller, hey, ideally you want to move a guy like Sir, uh, a guy like Varlamov. I'm just not sure we do because I really think if we if we let's say we don't make the playoffs, something catastrophic happens, we come out of this next ten games and let's say we go four and six, or we go three and seven, right? The numbers don't look good. And then you, you can almost say, Hey, we've got to almost win every single game to make the playoffs, right? I think what we're gonna do is we're gonna do a little patch job, right? We may have a a gouging wound on our arm. 
We're just going to stitch it together. We're not going to cut the arm off and cut the leg off and cut our toes off. We're going to say, hey, let's do what we can to stitch it together and get out there next season and try to and try to put together a winner instead of trying to regrow back bigger and stronger arms and legs in order to be successful. I don't know where you get these analogies. That was another. It was a one. shitty. It was a shitty analogy, Grump. Okay. I was fine with it, but I was I don't know. It was working in my head, but it didn't work when I said you it. I think it's some type of frog where they lose a leg and they grow another one back. I don't know. But here's the thing. You know, okay, let's use like a tail, right? With lizards when they get their tail cut off, right? Okay. They're gonna get a cut, they're just gonna try to heal it up instead of growing a bigger, fatter okay. tail. Okay, don't that double down. Don't don't double down on a stupid analogy, all right? Doubling so, down, baby. For me, if all you're doing is prolonging the inevitable, honestly, the team is not going to get better with this group of players. They're the core of our team are mostly guys in their 30s. They're not gonna get better. You try to offload what you can to contending teams if you can, and then you try uh, uh, maybe a soft rebuild. That's what that's what you try to do if you if you fall out of the race in the next month. I want to hear. I want to hear Kim's side of it too. I want to hear what Kim's got to say too on this. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I know. I know. I, hey, I want. I want to hear what Kim's got to say. I I don't believe we should just blow it up. Uh, I don't think we should be the Arizona Coyotes right now and just try to blow it up and restart right now. I think, you know, there's still, you know, ways we can go about this. I mean, I I just, I'm not at the point where I think all is lost and we need to already start grinding down about how we're going to do this offseason. I'm not there yet. I mean, I, I'm just not. I'm more of a just, I don't know. <laughs> what are you giggling? <laughs> you gave con- he, I'm telling you, Kim. Because I posted up. That's that's where that's where JFK got shot. He he. Tony Chiefs was like, I think TJ thought the German probably did bomb Pearl Harbor, and then he's like, he didn't know that JFK's bad haircut happened at Delaney Plaza, and from the from the book depository where he was oh, shot. No, I'm man. sorry. Continue. Continue. <laughs> you got off the roll, Tony Chiefs. I like the comments. They're funny. I'm just. This is where it's gonna piss like grumpy off, but I'm just like a play it by ear. Let's you know just see how some games go, and then we'll we'll adjust from there. But I'm not. I'm just not at the apocalypse moment yet. <laughs> no, no. I think TJ's question was if they fall out of contention and win like three out of seven or four out of six. So if they do? fall out of contention. And, and if we're sellers at the deadline, what would you do? Well, yeah, I, okay. I want to know what your what your rebuild plan is. Is it is it because I think Kim Kim answered it, right? She's gonna be more of a hey, soft rebuild. We need to make a few patches here or there. Or would you be a hey, if I could find a suitor for Josh Bailey, if anybody would be willing to offer me a third or a second round pick, hey, we get rid of the Josh Bailey. If if they offer for Varlamoff a first and a second, terrific. We get rid of Varlamoff, right? I mean, you would have to be saying if we want to be competitors next year, if you get rid of Varlamoff, I think you would have to find somebody that is more than adequate and and as a backup in that role you feel comfortable in Sorokin and you feel like you can replace moving parts on the offensive side of the puck. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like moving Varlamov. It's just you lose that security and that, you know, I don't, it's because like as a backup, I don't know, like Skarik or Schneider, I don't have the biggest confidence, but uh, if, if we, it turns into like that situation where we turn into like sellers and things like that, um, it's tough because it's like, you know, I, I don't. I don't want to blow up this team. I don't. I want to see you know, like to keep the the grind. You know, keep us going this far. But I I understand what then what Grumpy's saying about you know, turning this team around. Like if we're at the trade deadline and it's just not looking good, um, maybe start to move for picks and things like that. Maybe start you know trying to do like a soft rebuild in a way. Yeah. 
I knew I'd get him to come around to my way of thinking eventually. It oh, don't be so excited about that. It hasn't it happened yet. It took me a little while to wear it down. But, I but I'm a very play-it-by-ear kind of person. Just see how everything goes. You know, it depends on how bad we're doing or how good we're doing. Paulo C has a specific question for Isles Girl 3, Kim. Um, uh, Paulo is saying here, if we're about 10 points back from a playoff spot in January, would you trade Varlamov or wait for the trade deadline to make a decision? Wait. Definitely wait. If we're only just 10 points out, I don't see why you would, you know, t like trade away your, one of your solid uh, goaltenders that if we're only 10 points out is not is doing well. I, I said I still believed even if we're around 10 points out at the playoffs at the trade deadline, I still think we're going to be buyers at the deadline. Maybe I'm crazy. I know Grumpy said there's no way in hell we would, and I don't think we will. I think it's one of those controversial topics, right? If let's say we're five wins or 10 points out of a playoff pitcher, the last wild card spot at the trade deadline, do you think they're going to look at the team and say, hey, you know, we, we struggled at the beginning half. We struggled with the 13-game road trip. We struggled with COVID. Now the season's looked a little bit more cheery right we've been able to claw our way back we've been able to pass a few teams that are worse than us you know we think we can go ahead and get over this hump and get into the playoffs do you think we're going to be buyers no okay i thought we would but hey i want to hear every perspective Grum. i don't know i i, I don't know about that i just don't because it's just it's teams it's not points it's teams well, I'm saying you've already climbed, right? Ideally, if you're 10 points out of the playoff pitcher, you've climbed over a few of those teams. So I'm just saying if, you know, think about how how low we are at this moment. I could see us, and I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I don't. I still think if we're 10 points out, we should sell. But if we're, you know, we're dead last right, right now at the moment, and slowly we're able to climb our way back up, and we're only 10 points out of the last playoff spot, and let's say we've passed and leapfrogged about two or three teams in our division – I could definitely see us being buyers. I'm not saying it's right. I was just wondering if that's a possibility that you would even entertain or or, or that you would think would happen. Yeah, for me, I mean, uh, we're only 13 points out of the playoff spot now, right? I mean, so you're talking about we make up three points over the course of the next three months. We're not good enough then. I mean, I, I mean, you got Boston wouldn't even make the playoffs today. I mean, yes. and here's the thing too about Boston, right? They're going to have Tuka Rask back. Tuka Rask is practicing and rehabbing in Boston's facilities. I mean, like Swayman has had kind of an up and down season. Olmark has been, eh. I mean, like you have to figure once they add Tuka Rask back, that's going to help be a big push for Boston in the second half of the season, right? So I think like we haven't been playing well. You know, Boston hasn't been playing well. I'm sure there are some teams that are overachieving. I don't see there being anything as glaring as like, you know, the Buffalo Sabres. What was it two years ago when they had, you know, they're leading the NHL in points, Grumpy and Kim? I can't remember what, what year that was, but they were killing it. I don't see a Boston or a, a real serious pretender that's up there in the mix at the moment. You realize there is no chance for us to qualify for the top three in our division, right? No chance. None. We're no. 19. We are not, we're almost 20 points behind. The teams that are in front of us in our division who have, who will be qualified for the playoffs today. I mean, we're not catching those teams. You're talking about ten games. That's not happening. Anyone can hit a rough patch, is my opinion about that, and that's an optimistic view. I know that you're like, that's not going to happen. Like, I can't, you know, you know. But you when you look at us, and we were like in the first place, and we had we hit like a six, seven, you know, game losses in a row and something like that and dropped. It's like anything can happen to any team. I don't know. I just have that optimistic view where I just, 
I feel like it's it's a very mo- it's a very movable system. You just you know it depends on how your team comes out and plays. Mm. Okay, and then, Mark, you can mark me down as there's no way we're making top three in division this year. No way. Okay. Well, here's the thing, right? Yeah. I, do I think granite? Teams- you can mark that down in granite stone. Okay. Chisel it out. Realistically, what do I expect? I know Gerard Gallant's a hell of a coach. He's much better than College Quinn. I think here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. We talked. We talked about this before the season started. Don't be shocked at all if the Rangers make the playoffs. They've got a legitimate coach. I'm not sure Gallant always gets them over the hump. I'm not sure Gallant, even with the cast and crew they have, and in, in for the Rangers, will ever win them a cup. But I think he could help take you know the next step to get them to where they're back in the playoff picture on a consistent basis. I don't think they're going to be on the same point pace they are now. I mean, like, do I? I don't think I don't think the Hurricanes and, and the Capitals are going to be killing it the same way they have all year. I expect them to hit a, you know a soft spot in, in there uh, when they struggle a little bit. I, I'm just saying the Islanders really need to turn things around sooner rather than later, though, if they want any chance to make a top three. Is, it's a big ask, but I'm not saying it's impossible. It's a real tough ask. Do you remember? Think, think we, about think about the hit. I'm sorry, real quick to interrupt. Yeah. Think about the top three. They would be they would have to be over. I'm saying over 100, probably maybe closer to 102 points because 98 will get you around that wild card spot. 102, 104 points. That would mean out of the the 65 games left, we would probably need to win 45 or 46 of those. We have a lot of we have a lot of points. I'm not saying it's impossible, right? The Islanders could think about the Islanders' home record they had last year. They were 21, three and four. We've started off the record here. At well, we've already lost the first four, so unless we go undefeated there the rest of the year, I think we're probably going to have a worse record, winning percentage. That's we might we might have a worse winning percentage. I'm just saying though, don't be shocked at all if we see our home our home points and the, and the amount of games we're winning at home are significantly increased with a healthy lineup. That's we could we could say that right, Grump? You could say don't be I mean, shocked at all if, a, we, if we start winning and rattling off wins at home. It's a possibility, but look at it this way. We haven't played well the whole year, even when everybody was healthy. We were not playing well. We could see those games are on the road, right? But we have – I don't care. You should – honestly, a team like us should should play better on the road because defense travels. It just hasn't this year. Um, Grumpy, REC saying, Grumpy old man, what's your favorite concert you've ever saw at the barn? Oh, geez. I don't know. I um I saw ACDC there, Springsteen, uh, Van Halen numerous times. Man, I I, I can't say a favorite. I, I I mean, ACDC was really freaking good. They always just play the hits. Um, and Van Halen was great when when uh, David Lee Roth was the lead singer. Uh, Rush, Rush was good, even though I fell asleep during that show. <laughs> So what you mentioned is you got hammered blackout drunk during that show, Grumpy. Uh, let's just say that I was sleeping. And I then like they, Rush. They did, they did a Neil Pert was doing his uh, a drum solo, and they, boom, the bright lights came and woke me up. So, I mean, let's, let's be honest. I mean, I like Rush too, but, you know, they can get into those long, long solos where you can kind of – yeah, yeah, that's what it was. That's what it was, Grumpy. Come on now. Call you know, be honest. Call Space Space. Michael T said, just curious, can Kim identify the player in my picture? And she I knows. think I I think I maybe know just because he's mentioned it before, but I would not be able to know if I was in case. I mean, I can't see the number. So I I really I I don't know. Is that, is, is that Darius Kasparitis? It's Darius Kasparitis. The only reason I know Grumpy is because you mentioned it. I have no idea what Darius Kasparitis's face looks like. That's the only reason I know. But if yeah, I was honestly. in case, I had no idea. It's the only reason I like Michael T. 
Oh, that's the only reason I come. No, I like Michael Pig. But he used to. But his picture makes me look at him differently because usually he's just kind of trolling a little bit. But you know, he puts that picture up there, which it's kind of you know, it kind of all right. Hey, he's got Darius Kasparis up there. Yeah, and like for me, it's it's. I mean, as if I was a little little kid and Darius, like with Darius and Kasparis and things like that, like I I have trouble identifying older players, and I'm not afraid to shame. It's like. You know, I, I it's not as bad as my friend though. She can't even identify our players today on the ice without their helmets. Like it's it's bad. <laughs> we were on the train, and she was like, "Who's that?" And the, "Who's that?" And I was like, "Oh my god, seriously!" <laughs> she took care of Cal Clutterbuck's child at the country club and didn't even know it was Cal Clutterbuck until she showed me a photo, and I was like, "Do you know who that is?" <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, it's that hockey players. It's so easy for them to go incognito without a doubt. Cause you don't, I mean, and here's the thing, most people don't really don't follow hockey and they just see the uniform. Same thing with football players. They're bigger, but unless it's a star, you don't know who they are either. Baseball players easier. You see their face all the time, but you know, when there's a whole bunch of basketball players, same thing, but you know, when you don't get to see their face without a helmet, you know, Kim is smiling at this. Jimmy yes. quote of the day. Kim. Yes, yes, Kim does the Snapple quote of the day, Grumpy. Do you have oh, your Snapple quote of the day, Kim? Snapple fact of the day. You know, uh, on every Snapple under the lid, they always have like a little factoid. I always read that because I, I would come home from work with the Snapples. I would open it. And, you know, because I say it's always, uh, I think it's imperative to just be a lifelong learner. And it's always good to learn something new every day. Grumpy so what's the quote of the day? Is that the quote? I don't have Snapple with me. Oh. <laughs> it's not my podcast. <laughs> this is your guys' Snapple. show. You guys got to. <laughs> she, doesn't, she doesn't have the Snapple with her today, Grumpy. Um, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I used I remember I used to drink Snapple when they actually had Snapple soda. I used to love their cream soda. Snapple soda? Yeah. It's way, 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 way back. Yeah, I was about to say, I have never heard. I didn't even know they made soda way well they don't anymore well obviously <laughs> it was way back but i love man that cream soda was good oh good gracious crap. that's a new york thing cream soda is a new york thing i saw arizona, i saw arizona got into hard seltzer which was interesting which one of these images grumpy looks like something you remember from snapple soda that was it right there that was there it, it is snapple right there juice. that's it cream right soda. there that's the one with the little <laughs> circle on it they also had root beer yeah i didn't like the root beer i liked the cream Cream to vanilla soda. That was good. Good stuff. Ooh, man, oh, man. To out of the there. bottle. Had to be out of the bottle. It's just like Coke. It's better to drink out of a glass bottle than anything else. Yeah, I haven't had Coke in forever. I'm more of a can fan. Whoa. I've never... I've heard, I've heard, a can fan. Okay. I've never heard someone say they like the can soda. That's the can can. I know. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. And here's the thing. I know you mentioned it earlier. Right, I really would have loved to see Oliver Wallstrom up there on the first line. Do you ever think? And we, you mentioned it, Grump. Right, they had a lot of calamity, a lot of players out. We still didn't see Oliver Wallstrom on the first line. Do you ever think if we still are struggling offensively, Barry's going to start putting items in the blender and see what what works? I don't think he's going to do it immediately. But if we struggle to score and we're still struggling to produce offensively, I could see him going to the blender with Oliver Wallstrom, then be given a chance if we go to the hypothetical blender. I mean, weren't we there last week and he wouldn't do it? I just, I mean, maybe if the season is totally lost, maybe. But, I mean, why wouldn't you have done it 
a little, why don't you just try it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'll let you, I'll let you say it too there, Kim. Do you think if we're giving to the blender, he'll be given a shot? Uh, most likely not. I, I don't think so. Possibly if all stars align, maybe we'll probably see something like that. Um, it, again, it's just, you can't predict Barry Trotz and that's something I've learned over the years. You, you really can't predict him and his lines. Um, when it comes to like, you know, new, uh, new teammates and lineups. So, I mean, if he does go to the blender, I think he'll he'll go more for like a Parise or a Pajot or an Anthony Beauvillier rather than a Wallstrom. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. No, absolutely. Okay, fair enough. Um, well, I want to. I know, kind of towards the end again. Thanks so much, Kim, for coming on. We don't want to keep you all night. I know everybody's got families, dinner to eat, everything like that. But Kim, I want to. What, what do you What do you give me that look for, Grom? Kim, have you had dinner yet? I did. Okay. You're the only one TJ waits at midnight. All right. I'm just telling you. I, I have not eaten. What can I say? Yeah. And Brandy Gaines saying, very disappointed. You didn't break out the blue and orange lipstick, Crumpy. Okay. My house is in total disarray. I'm we're pulling the floors up. Uh it, it's a it's a nightmare. I didn't have time to look for the lipstick, believe me. I wanted I wanted you to I was hoping you're gonna make a, a funny little quip about how your house is in disarray, just like the Islander season, but you're missing out on your opportunity, man. I I'm, I don't want you to make it seem like I'm rooting for the Islanders to be in disarray. It's no, just the way it's worked out this year. That's all. The same way your house has worked out like that. I'm not saying you want your house to look like it's in disarray, <laughs> but I think it's I think it's comparable, Grump. Just do your job as host, okay? Oh, okay. don't worry about trying to think how you should set me up for humor on this show, okay? We know how miserable you are at that. Rusty Spooner said, "Carte Blanche." is an UBS, LOL. You're welcome, TJ and Grumpy. So UBS Arena, Grump, is going to be the word you're struggling on. Yeah. I'm just going to call it the U. It's got Jigs McDonald. <laughs> yeah, I, I and I get it wrong every time. And here's the thing. I always think about saying USB. It can't be USB. It's UBS. Oh, man. But I want to hear, before we go ahead and depart, I want to hear, Kim, what thoughts are right now here in the season. I want to hear encouraging words and, you know, the truth of what you're thinking is going on right now. I want to hear, like, an elevator pitch, Kim. That's what – and I'm, I'm just going to say it. Like, this is what, you know, like, good conversation is. It's just like having those different perspectives. It's just naturally I'm a more optimistic fan where I just will always, no matter what the circumstance, feel that we will some way, somehow be able to pull through and – and accomplish what we want to accomplish. And that's how I, that's how I feel right now. I feel like with these players coming back, I feel like this run, I've, I just have good feelings. I don't know. I have good feelings about this run coming up. I really feel maybe the Islanders will turn this around being at home, having lines sort of uh, having a norm coming back. I don't know. I just, I always have, you know, just, optimistic feelings going into each game that you know this is the game they're going to turn around and this is the game you know they're going to give it their all and you want that's what you want to see from your team all the time and I'm not going to give up until the fat lady sings I'm not going to give up on this team until those points like and like the points and the the math says we with all the wins that we could get we still couldn't make playoffs I'm not going to give up until that happens I like it. I like. Hey, Grumpy. I like the. I like the. I like the enthusiasm. I like the positivity out of it, Grump. I know it puts a smile on my face, Grumpy. I want to hear you. What the what? fat lady might not be singing, but she sure as hell is warming up. That's all I'm saying. 
<laughs> I knew he was going to go there. That was too easy. I know, I know. Grumpy, Grumpy always says it. It's way, it's way too easy sometimes for Grumpy. Like I feel that. like it's also just too easy to just throw in the towel. Oh, I, here's the thing, right? You're never. I always believe this. You're never as good as you think. You're never as bad as you think. You're always somewhere in the middle. It's what they always used to say when you'd come out on like Sundays and you're watching film. You're never as good as you think. You're never as bad as you think. If you got your ass whooped on Saturday, right? Ah, you're never as good as you think. Never as bad as you think. Same thing if you beat the living, you beat the brakes off of somebody, right? When Toronto's beating somebody eight to three like they did tonight, you're never as good as you actually think. You're not that good, all right? You just caught a team in a bad moment. There's reasons why you beat the hell of them. It's not your individual talent. Uh, um, but, uh, yeah, these, these are important games upcoming. I think these are very winnable games. You've got, I know we've struggled, right? The teams that we're playing technically have better records than us. They're, they're better when you look at the standings than us. That being said, these are some really winnable games. Detroit, I know is technically in a wild card spot. Detroit's also played a hell of a lot of games. You know me, right? I've always been the guy to say, Steve, UI is going to turn around to Detroit. Not yet though. Not yet. Grumpy. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. We waiting on Grumpy. You still coughing? I wasn't uh, looking at the screen. I apologize. Yeah, I, 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 I had to cough. I'm sorry. Um, no, Grumpy, how dare you cough on this podcast? Because I got, like I said, there's so much dust. <laughs> Someone get this, this man a water. I mean, it's terrible. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I just look at it as I would feel better about the team, honestly, going forward. If we were playing well before all this happened, we weren't. And it doesn't matter if we were on the road or at home. Systematically, we were poor. See, that's my concern. And that's what it was even the preseason. I'm like, we just don't look right and don't look good. Until we get back to playing our style of hockey, if we go back to how we were playing before, like I said, even when everybody was healthy, we're not going to be winning a whole lot of games. We have to structurally get back to the Barry Trot system. And I, what I hope is not the case is that, yes – the team with the majority of guys in their 30s, 31, 32, have lost a half step. And that's that's my concern because if that's the case, it doesn't matter. Even if we try, we're not gonna uh it's not gonna happen. And there's my boy John Patron from Eastern New Mexico University. Uh he's got me some great gear. I'm not wearing it today, John. Maybe tomorrow. No, TJ, do the next one. There we got there. Yep, I got. Stacey M saying fans would be angry if the players gave up. So why are the fans already giving up on the players? We have to believe grumpy. Who is this, who is this person? Who is this person? My it's, mother. Yeah, no kidding. Really? I didn't know that. I couldn't figure that out. I was about to say, I think I noticed the person on the, I think I noticed the person on the right there and the person on the left. That's my puppy. <laughs> um, that's, a, that's one big dog now. Looks like, he looks like a killer. But great point. I honestly, well, but here's the thing. Point. The fans, the fans don't get paid to watch the players. That's why fans give up so easy. Well, it's easy. And every fan, let's be honest, every fan wants their team to win, but it's real easy to get really upset when they lose. That's true. Yeah, well, fan, yeah, fans, yeah, I tell you this, there's something else. But here's the thing, right? I can tell you that from personal experience. The next, the next, because Grumpy, we've got four games until the next podcast. Because there's no podcast. I'm sorry, guys. On Saturday, oh, I'm sorry. It's my fault, not Grumpy's fault. But we have got, we've got the San Jose Sharks, the Detroit Red Wings, the Chicago Blackhawks, and the Ottawa Senators. 
the Chicago Black so- Blackhawks are going to be a road game on Sunday. The Black Sox are going to be a road game on Sunday. But I want to hear these next four games. What do you think the record is going to be? Kim will let you go first. Grumpy will let you go second here. Oh, thank you. Ooh, of course, you throw me in first. Grumpy will um, let I'll you go, go first. first. I usually first. always give it to Grumpy. Grumpy will let you go first. I say we have to be a minimum three and one on that. I, I don't think any way you come out with less than three wins uh, out of those four games. Gotcha. I agree. Okay. Gotcha. I, I I hate to be like, just be like, grab what he says, but I'll give him a loss out of these four games. I, I, you know, like it just, I, I'll give him the safety net of one game, but if we can go four for four here, which I think we can do, let's, you know, that's what I want out of this team. I think, I think we're going to go two, one and one. What can I say? I'll play Mr. Debbie Downer today. I think, I think we're going to lose. Uh, tomorrow, first game back against San Jose. I really? don't know. Yes, absolutely. I think there's no way in hell we're beating San Jose. The reason I'm not saying San Jose is any great shakes. I just I think it's real. When players come back, right? They haven't had a lot of practice time together yet, and they're coming back from COVID. We saw how it was when Noah Dobson came back from COVID last year. So let's not forget. You know, some of these people when they come back from COVID, technically they test negative. Sometimes they feel the lasting effects for a while after. But he's was- go ahead. He missed three weeks. These guys, I mean, if they even had, I don't know if they were symptomatic or not. Bailey uh, wasn't. He came out and said he was asymptomatic. Okay, so those guys should not have, it should be, have no bearing on them. I mean, everyone else has missed the minimum amount of time. Uh, so, I mean, I, I, you know, Dobson, he missed three weeks with it last year. What's Kim, is there a game out of those four that you're really interested in watching? I oh, I apologize. Chicago, Chicago's a home game. I don't know why I thought that was a road game. It's shown as a road game, but it's a home game. I'm sorry. Go ahead, though. Okay, because I know there's a game that I'm going to really want to watch on Saturday night when TJ's doing who knows what. But I'm interested to see Detroit. I really am. Out of the four, I think definitely Detroit's going to be the one to watch. Just uh, and Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, it's going to be interesting, especially going up against old teammates there. Uh, who know how the Islanders play and could possibly, you know, help out in that aspect. But uh, tomorrow to me also is just going to be, that's going to be a very statement game. This is this game tomorrow is going to be a big statement. And I think a big either motivator or it's going to be a, like a, another soul crusher in a way that tomorrow is going to be vital in my opinion on putting us on a good or bad path. I a hundred percent agree with Kim there. See, Kim, and I hate to agree with everything you said, <laughs> but I'm going to agree with that. I mean, I think, and I think we win tomorrow, honestly. If we come out and lay an egg against San Jose, watch out. Watch out. I, I had no idea. Detroit has won their last four games. I was just looking at it. Detroit's won the last four games. They won against the Blues, the Sabres, the Bruins, and the Kraken. And they've got some time off, but the next opponent they play is us on Saturday. So, uh, yeah, I, I just hope I know some individuals are asymptomatic. I hope everybody's asymptomatic where it's not going to affect their play or make them feel like, hey, they kind of feel a little hazy, even though they tested negative. I just remember Noah Dobson was killing it and crushing it at the beginning of the year. And he, once he came back from COVID, didn't look like the same player. And I hope we don't, we can't afford for anybody to have that type of look to it. Um, on a happy or on a crazy note, let's talk about the suspension. Uh, Brendan Lemieux. Should he have served more than a? Should he have gotten more than a five-game suspension or less than a five-game suspension for biting uh, Kachuk? He was hungry, so you know, 
there's no reason you should punish a man because yeah, you know, we've seen the movie Lay Miz, right? So, you know, if a guy's hungry, it's tough to put him in jail for a long period of time. <laughs> what I'll say about this is it's weird to see someone like Martian only get three games for something as dangerous as a slew foot, and then you see biting for like five. It's I don't know. It's it's weird. It, it, the Brendan Lemieux thing in itself is like I can't even believe that happened. Um, I just find that it's weird. I don't know that like a slew foot got more than a, a bite in like uh, got less than a bite incident, but I don't know. It's that was it's I don't know how to approach that situation. It's very weird. The well, funny thing is, I'm very extreme on the bite. I was saying like 20 games, half a season. I, I that there's something about when somebody else bites somebody yeah. sends me over the edge. Same thing happens in soccer with Luis Suarez when he bites people. I just uh, mm, that that's that type of stuff. I'm like, oof, oh, grumpy. Oh, I, I Zach Parise my prediction on this. I thought it was going to be 10 games, and it wound up being five. I thought I it'd be more for the bite, honestly. But I thought it was going to be twenty. I, I, I thought it was going to be 10. But, you know, the reason why the slew footing is uh, not as penalized is because, you know, uh, the biting is less sanitary. than. Slew yeah. So. <laughs> I think I'll be just, just well, trying to go. Especially with, like, the COVID situations going on, it's kind of a little bit scary. In a, in a, in a I, way. I think biting somebody is a really, really bad look. I mean, you think? I mean <laughs> unless you're like... No, unless you're like in. Uh, you know, I like, loved Kachuk's response, though, man. That was oh, he just took out the shotgun. It was well, boom, just boom. wait, just wait. I mean, Brendan Lemieux, you're gonna have to play them again. Get that ready for be a fight. fun game. I, I, I'm gonna watch that game. Oh. You want to hear something? Funny? Chuck was furious. This is the one time I'm going to answer this. Said Doc Chuck. It was the most gutless thing somebody could ever do. This guy, you can ask any one of his own teammates, nobody ever wants to play with him. This guy is a bad guy and a bad teammate. He focuses on himself all the time. Reading it. This guy's just a joke. He shouldn't be in the league. The guy's gutless. No other team wants him. He's going to keep begging to be in the NHL. No other team is going to want him. He's an absolute joke. I can't even wrap my head around it. People don't even do this. He's just a bad guy. Takachuk didn't stop there either. It's outrageous. Kids don't even do that anymore. Babies do that. And I don't even know when he was uh, thinking. He's just a complete brickhead. He's got nothing up there. Bad guy, bad player. What a joke he is to Kajuk. <sighs> <laughs> Takachuk. Great, great, thing great was, Gilbert Godfrey. Very Gilbert, good. Gilbert Godfrey. Sportsnet went ahead and posted that up. And I yeah, thought, no, yeah, I forget. Someone on I saw someone post that underneath like the uh the uh, game suspensions now, I was dying. Well they used to call I remember Walt Kachuk, uh same spelling, used to play for the Rangers back in the 70s. They used to call him Walt Tachuk. Just a little Kachuk. 
I think yeah, well, they scrolling. I mean, in, in his defense, I'm going to guarantee that Gilbert Godfrey does not watch hockey. <laughs> <laughs> How do you not love him? That, the way he, uh, you can't not love Gilbert, though. I love him on those uh, Comedy Central roasts. The great. <laughs> Oh, for certain, for certain. On a happy note, though, thank you so much, Kim, for joining us. You could find all of Kim's information, her Twitter, her YouTube channel, where she does Kim in the Crease podcast, where she does her live streams during the game. You can find all that in the link in the description below, ladies and gentlemen. And I want to thank everybody for tuning in and watching. If it's the first time, we welcome you and invite you to watch more. You could subscribe on YouTube follow on Twitter, and like on Facebook. Thank you so much again, Grumpy Old Man, and everybody for listening. And thank you, Kim, for your time here this evening. Thank you guys so much. It's always a pleasure. Oh, we love having you on. And thank you, Grumpy. My pleasure. And as always... Uh-oh, I Grumpy. To... I, 